Two podcasters sitting in a room. <laughs> nice. It's like they're having a party. <laughs> what do you do? One of them is the host. It's me, Brett Brandis. I'm your host for this dragon party, welcoming you to this festivity. And joining me, as always, it's my co-host on the other side of the room. You notice a co-host. Its you name is Eric. Co-host. What is Eric's name? <laughs> it's one of the Pokemon music. <laughs> my name is Eric. Hey, I'm the co-host, baby. Hey, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to this party. This is we're finally on the magic set that, as we started this podcast, we were like anticipating this one. I mean, it was just like Basically, these are the two yeah. worlds colliding right here. So I like. I like mentioned how I wish we were an established podcast, which you guys out there can make it happen. Just keep listening. But either way, this came earlier than we expected, and here we are. Clash mm-hmm. of the two worlds. Uh, before we begin, we're back at the party. What you drinking today? Oh, yeah. I, I love this beer. Not really for the taste, even though it tastes fine, um, but for the name and the look of the can. So okay. it to describe this drink... It's. Have you ever had like one of those like sugary orange like creamsicles? Yeah, yeah. You're like, I wish this was a beer. Well, try, (laughs) drink, drink. Oh my god! Holy, that like that's eerily reminds me of like I don't know like a four loco kind of thing because we're like from that generation where that was like a giant cluster F was the whole four loco craze, and that just reminds me like I'm just looking at this thing called drank and going. Oh God, <laughs> there's gotta yeah. be some diabolical stuff in there. There really is. So it has, it's a, it says it's a sour, but it's oh. not like, it doesn't taste sour at all. I think they just had to categorize it. <laughs> it's like orange and marshmallow, but it lo- it has the same color as like orange soda. Oh my goodness. And it tastes like a beer creamsicle. Like, is it caffeinated? It should be. It's called drink. Well, then it's four loco. That's what, that's my point, Megan. It's like it like that not, was the whole thing. It is not caffeinated. It is nine and a half percent. Holy crap! Okay, yeah. So this thing is diabolical. No matter which mm-hmm. way you slice it. All right. Well, this week I was a little disappointed because I, I I wanted to play it off of. I thought it would be easy to find, you know, something related to the word word forgotten. I of course you know like to like to match up my beers to what we're doing the flavor right. of the day. This set coming out is the Adventures of the Forgotten Realm. Thought it would be relatively easy to find something either with adventure or forgotten. Found neither of those things, so, which I was surprised about. The closest I could come is if you remember, I had almost on like one of our first or second podcasts, I had that beer with the person who forgot their senses. I could only taste those two random things. And I was like, I already played that one out. So I can't do that one again. Because that was like the closest I can remember. So here's what I brought instead. I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of saving this one for um, one of our combat episodes that I imagine we'll eventually get into with the D&D parts. This is called The Trial by Wombat. (laughs) (laughs) It's just got a picture of a wombat screaming. <laughs> I didn't know wombats look like that. They're hilarious. Yeah, it's that's and that Game of Thrones really got off the rails after the fifth book. 
<laughs> Trial by wombat. The north is a strange place. <laughs> the north is a strange place. That one guy with the list, did he say wombat? I guess we gotta get wombats. <laughs> the old gods. <laughs> They're into some weird shit. <laughs> now we're gonna do, instead of uh, brewing, like we said, we're exhausted about brewing. So we're gonna hold off a little bit on brewing stuff. But we do have housekeeping to go over this week for everyone in the Magic Universe. What happened in Commander, Eric? Bad alert. The Popo's coming to get you. Hole Breacher has been banned in Commander. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then they all rejoiced. Um, yeah, so we had a banned card. Uh, doesn't happen too often. When it does, it usually is only like a single card. Like they, like right. sometimes they just point out this one thing. Everyone gets super tired of it, and they end up banning it. Uh, in this case, it was Hull Breacher that was, uh, which is funny because if you guys remember on one of our episodes where we tried to design cards. We designed so hard to like be like, oh, and this will maybe even stop that horrid hull breacher. And then we realized, no, yeah, what, <laughs> it whatever. still won't beat hull breacher. Yeah, hull breacher is just insane. <laughs> so it was a little insane. Uh, now you said you listened to a bunch of uh, community outcry about this already. I haven't heard much. What is, uh, in your general sense, the community been, been thinking about this ban? Well, What's your summation. <laughs> It's kind of, you have to take whatever you you do, just like a random Reddit search or looking at, uh, you know. Other yeah, these are the people that are actually posting about it, right? Posting I mean, about is, it. Yeah, yeah. They generally play a lot of Commander, and they're usually kind of on the, like, I want to say like the better side, but more like optimized or competitive side. And I was, mm. I was very surprised by the mix of reviews. About okay. like should it have been banned. So it wasn't absolute either way. You're saying like yeah. not everyone was like hardcore, like thank God, and not everyone was was right. like no, not this every- is the worst thing that could happen in magic. <laughs> yeah, these I think a lot of people are kind of confused by why it was Hull Breacher and not like Narset or Notion Thief uh, mm. got the ban because I think people are like, oh, uh, usually people with these sorts of decks, they're like, oh well, what like there's Narset, there's Notion Thief, why is this banned? Right. Um, and it's it's just clearly because this is just objectively better than no. <laughs> <laughs> this one is Flash, everyone. Yeah, uh, Flash it, is strong. Yeah, so that makes it better than Narset. Notion Thief <laughs> also has Flash. It makes lets you draw cards instead of your opponent drawing cards. Yeah, but it's two colors but, and costs but, one more. Two colors. But if you play wheel decks, you know that the limiting factor is never cards. Like never, <laughs> it's the mana. It's the mana. So basically, uh, Hole Breacher says, like, oh, three mana windfall. It turns into draw six cards and generate 18 mana. mana. Yeah, right. And what do you need when you draw six cards? The mana to play it, which is usually another, like, you know, reforce a soul or some other sort of wheel effect, which generates you another 20 mana. Yeah, I'm not... I was I was gonna mention I'm not surprised by this, too, with... Uh, so there has been recent whisperings, at least... From high up people in Wizards who have said they believe the biggest offender in Commander's format is wheel effects. Yeah, and I, I was I was gonna kind of this brings into one of my topics that I wanted right. to kind of talk about is like the big question really is like are wheels 
too good. Right. Because and they might be in Commander, right? They, might, they be. might be. They might be. Because, like, we all kind of intuitively understand why uh, people might be discouraged playing against people playing with a bunch of tutors. Like, okay, right. well, I know what you're doing. You're just tutoring for the same three cards over and over and over again. Um, and that's generally, like, looked down upon, you know, and, like, right. in the casual space. Like, it's almost too competitive for casual players. But we really don't think of wheels that way. When yeah. they're, like, in a lot of ways, just better than tutors. Right. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. Getting seven cards from your top probably is about worth a tutor, and you might end up with more than your tutor could have gotten. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you could have gotten two cards you would have tutored for in that seven. Exactly. And especially cards that, especially when you get value over drawing cards. Like, there are really no cards out there that generate value from searching your deck. Right, right. Yeah, I, that was I, what, definitely now when you think about even your Zyrus deck, right? How much stuff oh that God. that is a wheel deck, right? And yes. we've noticed how ridiculously powerful it is. It is insane. And three on one, we can't stop it. Like right. it, it is insane. Yeah, and it's and kind of going back to uh, the reason why like mana is so important. I and it's not like my Zyrus deck is like plays a. It's not a CDH level deck. But every time I play Cryptolith right, and I have a thing that gives uh, my creatures haste, it's unstoppable. Like, yeah, it's, right. You, you just you're you're you're, you're going through your deck at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, I draw seven, draw seven, draw seven, draw seven, and I just have infinite mana because I just have I make token. I make twenty and, and tokens. You didn't play Hull Breacher in that deck, but and had it, you, it would have been right. then it would have been oppressive. It would have gotten yeah, to the point. Where would, like, okay, you can't. You guys can't play the game. I'm gonna play the game. Right. <laughs> And uh, there have been better versions of the card that some people have said, like, oh, it would have been better if it worked kind of like Ashiok's trigger or Ashiok's static, static ability, where it says, like, oh, and if an ability an opponent controls would cause them to search the library for Ashiok, but in this case, uh, draw cards, then it would stop that. But that way, I couldn't play Wheel of Fortune or Windfall and then force you into discarding your hand and drawing card. Right. Um, so there, there's the one thing I kind of wanted to bring up, which is kind of what I heard from other podcasters, like, and this is specifically kind of a, not necessarily a gripe, but I was listening to the, like, the Command Zone mm -hmm. uh, podcast, and, like, obviously they're great. But they have this philosophy on the ban list, which I think is a little off. <laughs> okay. And basically they always say they don't really want cards banned because there is a group of people who really enjoy playing with the cards, and right. you can always just ban it in your playgroup. So, <laughs> right. like, banning cards is usually just a net negative. And I kind of disagree I, I that is a nice sentiment but i think there's a gap between that philosophy yeah, I, and that I agree. Thing that's like the people who who complain about the president but don't vote <laughs> yeah <laughs> everyone could just be the president yeah, it's, not, exactly. it's not gonna make a difference and then you're like who did you vote for oh i didn't, <laughs> I didn't. um but okay, then, then why, why do you have an opinion <laughs> in and in this case it, it's for one reason, if you are a part of a play group that has a sort of like your own ban list, then what's stopping you from unbanning that card? Right. So like if you have that sort of con that construct where you're making your own ban list, like if they just banned Hedron Archive, we'd be like, well, we're not going to take it out of our text. Like there's no yeah. reason to do that. So if it works one way that you can just ask everybody not to play it, then you can just ask everybody to play it. Right. It kind of works the other way around. And also... I think that they're under or they're overestimating the how many like actual play groups exist. And I think a lot of the times it's you go to a local game store to play 
right. magic. Even if you have a group of people, like I'm having a lot of times in Rochester where I, I used to live, we had a group of four people that would play commander all the time, but a lot of times like one or two of them couldn't make it, but we still mm-hmm. wanted to play. So we would just go to the local game store and play. But now you're entering into a realm where yeah, you you, you definitely need rules, right? <laughs> you, yeah. you have to follow base level rules because it, if you do this with like Hull Breacher, then you have to do this with like Prophet Accrue Fix, Sylvan Primordial, and now like, are you asking me to take the like the social responsibility to have my list of cards that I right. don't like, and now I have to argue each one of them in in a group setting with essentially strangers or people you only see once a week, and what happens when like someone go like the most controversial card I play is probably uh sensei's divining top. Mm, and, yeah. Uh, that was super egregious. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't play it optimally because I know it's like stupid. Yeah. Like, like who wants to sit there while you do every turn? Like, Oh, hold on. I'm going to, hold on. Hold on. And like, I'll, I'll wait until somebody's tutoring and for a land, I'll be like, okay, yeah, and you that. can do it. Oh, while you're doing that, I'll do this. But like now someone is going to be, like after I play, someone's like, "I don't want to play with you unless you take that card out." Like <laughs> it, how it works in practice, I feel like makes the social aspect of it very difficult to navigate. Yeah, and all it takes is one kind of off argument or like saying, "Like, well, I now I don't want to play with you because of this card," and everyone else is okay with it. So, like, okay, I just won't play. Now I have to wait an hour and a half before the next game starts. Right. It just seems like. Yeah, in a perfect world, everyone would be like, okay, yeah, I'll take this out, out of my deck. But what happens if they say, like, I think it's fine. Continue shuffling. <laughs> I like. I just don't understand people's, why they're so mad at the ban. I think bans are healthy. Like, I, why should we play against egregious cards when they, they literally just take over the game? We're not playing a game where there's 100 unique cards anymore. We're playing a game where 30 of my cards look for the one card that wins every time I play it. Right. Why are we doing that? That's not the game. That's not the way the game's designed. So I, exactly. I love bans in every format. I think it's incredibly healthy for the game. Get the crap out to make the game worth it. <laughs> yeah, it, and and I will say that they the the people in Commando, Josh and Jimmy, did say that they thought it was a poorly designed card, and they they kind yeah. of agreed with it banning, but they but they philosophically don't agree with the kind of draconian say like no one's allowed to play this card which is I mean, I, I, it's funny for him to have an opinion because he, he must have a real bit he's on the board of who bans cards yeah, so, he, so he's on the advisory board advisory so not, board, not but, the rules committee okay but, not the rules committee, but he has an opinion he, he yeah. does have to submit an official opinion on whether a card should be banned so i imagine he did submit yeah, an he, opinion and they he mentioned that he was like kind of against it but took more of like a well like we'll see approach but um, uh, yeah, but you can't but do this, that, right? But, then it just doesn't happen. But <laughs> yeah, and there are some other people who, not like, not anybody who is like uh, influence like, of an influence, really. Yeah, but yeah, just r- random people who's like, oh, we'll just have an answer for it, and I just hate that. It's like so lazy because counterspell yeah, exists. So, so sure, Gristlebrand should be fine then because you can counter it. It's like, come on, especially for a card like Hull Breacher, where like you cannot. It is so oppressive on the game state. You can't just go, oh, I'll just go find an answer. You can't with this card out. Yeah. Go ahead and try and draw cards. It's not going to work. So you can't dig. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This thing I, shuts that down. Especially in blue. Uh, yeah. I was kind of saying, like, thinking about it logically, uh, dealing with creatures that aren't involved in combat is way hard harder to do yeah. than creatures that are involved in combat. 
So, like, if you have, let's say, 10 spells that can get rid of a creature, you're waiting, like, one, it's like, you have to wait 6 to 15 turns to get there, <laughs> and that's in, that's forever in Commander. Yeah. Um, and okay, they, uh, yeah, it's over there. And one one thing that the Command Zone folks did say, which is I, which is back to the reason why this is so good, is since it only costs three mana and has flash. If you go, mm-hmm. let's say you go first, and at the end of your turn, I'm going to flash in Hole Breacher, untap Windfall. Like I basically won the game at that point. <laughs> Pretty yeah, you definitely definitely did. Yeah, like you four. have no cards in hand. I have eighteen <laughs> <laughs> mana that's untapped and Jeez. six cards in my hand. Oh, and it's yeah, like, well, what, do you, are you not going to ramp on turn yeah. two or turn three just that's to hold open game. a counter spell? We would just all shuffle back blue. up. That's like, yeah, that's not even fun anymore. It's like, okay, yeah. I, that game's over. Great it's like, job. yeah, what what happens when like, it, but, and it's like the same thing as somebody's playing a mass land destruction deck, which everyone yeah. is like, it's not banned, but no one ever plays it because it's so mean. And it, it's, in my opinion, it's kind of the same thing where if someone goes I mean, like, I guess in... In our argument, too, we should state that this is for casual commander. Uh, CEDH, card it's, might might have been fine. It yeah, probably yeah. was fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, and it probably, like 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 that combo you just explained, that's CEDH level, probably. Uh, yeah. But someone would have an answer. Right, they have Force of Will, because, so they could play their... Yeah. Or they are playing Mana Crypts, and they have, like... Mm-hmm. All these free ways of ramping. So well, that would be dumber. What if you did that on turn one? You could feasibly do that on turn one in CEDH. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, all right. I Island just, Mana Crypt. Just ban it. Just ban it. Yeah. It, like, are we really going to force like the re- the actual casual players who are just who so like oh, I have one friend, so we're going to go to the LGS and now have to like sit through all like a draw go player. Yeah. Just like cast Blues and Zenith on themselves or somebody else to generate mana every turn and win with Dasa's Oracle. It's like, ah, yeah. All right. Well, we're we're gonna move on. That's our that's our that's our little uh, right. housekeeping rant. for magic. That's our rants on that. That's so that's what's happened. So don't play Hollow Breacher anymore. But we are gonna now talk about. There's a new set, brand new Ooh. set. Uh, this is Adventures of the Forgotten Realm. This is the D and D magic set. They have now officially combined the two, which is funny because there have been a couple of cards over the course of Magic's history that clearly yeah. reference Dungeons and Dragons properties, right? Um, exactly. Uh, so now they've just made it official. Like, all right, guys, they, they are one and the same. Here you go. This is their set mm-hmm. for that. So, of course, we were very excited. We're first going to talk high level about the set in, in proper, and then we're going to do what we did with last set reviews to try and get some structure to these reviews and make it hopefully go a little smoother and faster and talk about some, some good cards mm-hmm. is go into the three categories of strongest favorites underrated. And then we threw in a category of the best art in the set, best flavor of the set. Yep. And I, I was unsure about my categories at first, but after spending uh, 40 minutes out by the pool, kind of back and looking at them, I, I have got them You're all confident. correct. And I've got them you, correct. <laughs> if you were wrong, then uh, well, uh, I will say I am definitely more confused on this set than I, I was. I was very confident on Modern Horizons 2. I was like, these are the best. On this set, I'm like, all right, mate. Oh, yeah. Like, I just, like, threw one out in the wind, and I was like, did it, did it stick? Yeah. <laughs> How'd it do? 
there there are some of my favorites or underrated cards. I'm like, this could be super. I honestly, I think honestly, my favorites and my strongest might have to just be completely flip flops. Like, I think my favorites are all actually just the strongest cards in the set. Yeah, but. yeah, and this is something that we kind of talked about. There's a few cards which are definitely pretty strong, but not like Modern Horizons two, and none of these cards are going to be banned. <laughs> It's right, so so which is really interesting. It clearly looks like Wizards is way powering down standard sets, right? I mean, there's yeah, no true. mistaking it. Everyone has noticed it. I first things I want to talk about is what they didn't include in this set, actually. Yeah. So we were very excited. We are the Dragon Party podcast, and if you remember, one of the first episodes I talked about brewing is I got all excited and I wanted to build uh, a dra- official Dragon Party podcast commander deck where i utilize the party mechanic because it's the dragon party well this w- was the set that i was like oh but don't worry we'll wait for that set to come out uh that way we'll have more fleshed out cards we'll have a ton of party mechanic there's no party mechanic there's no party mechanic <laughs> this was like a slam dunk for like hey like like the the sirens were blaring everyone was like there's a D set this year everyone they're referencing dnd subtypes yeah, i i just don't get where because i even thought that they made that they said like we like this is because we're doing a DD set later and ev- or maybe just everyone assumed that I, you know what's is- stranger to me is that besides you and me no one's mentioned this like, no one even realizes that that's not there. Yeah. <laughs> like, know, how does no one notice it? Yeah. It, it's just like... <laughs> it went okay. so unnoticed. There's no party mechanic. What? Yeah. Uh, and, and there's some other weird, like, flavor stuff. I mean, so by the way, we're just going to gush about how flavorful this set is in a while. So yeah. this is why we're just getting in all of our digs in now. But they, they also have stuff like... Ranger is a class now. Rogue, Rogue is always a class, I guess. But like, yeah, rogues were all huge. these classes that Bard is a class. Yeah, they added Bard. Yep. Yeah, they added all the rest, right? They added the Barbarian. Well, Barbarian actually might have been one. Before. But they didn't add Paladins. They're all knights. Are you sure? What's Nadir? Nadir's not a Paladin? It's a Dragon Knight. <laughs> or a oh, because yeah. he's a Dragon Lord, so they didn't make him a Paladin. That he's makes no sense, because his name Paladin. is literal Paladin. Yeah. His name is Paladin. And they've done it they did it a couple times. Every time Jeez. it says Paladin in the name, the uh, of the ones that I've seen, it's it's a knight. I'm just like, what? Oh my Ra- God. When are you gonna pick Ranger again? That is yeah, a- steadfast Paladin is a dwarf knight. I have, I have a, an art fail for you. Just to just to, you know, well, let's get the digs out. Let's get the let's digs, get the out, digs right? out. This, this awesome. one's this one's one of the stronger cards of the set. Uh, the Grim Wanderer is a two mana five three flash. The art clearly is meant to be a human. The creature type is Goblin Warlock. <laughs> oh, oh, so I think it's a Hobgoblin. Are Hobgoblins of human height? Yeah, Hobgoblins are bigger than normal goblins. Okay. I All haven't right. looked at the art, but I remember seeing that, and I was like... No, I think you're that saves it, I think, because, yeah, I mean, it literally is of human structure. It, the, the face popping out of its hood yeah. does look sort of Goblin-like, but, I mean, when he's standing there, you're like, that's a human... Nope, but yeah, like, was, why did they even introduce that? It's like, just make, <laughs> it, make it a warlock. Like, did they need the goblin in there? I guess they want goblin beef goblins like a modern deck. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. They, they made it a relevant card. That's why I said it was one of the stronger cards. It's not one that's on my list, but I, you know, it should get a shout out for other formats. I, I should, should we go into... Uh, 
Let's go into the mechanics. How about we go into the mechanics instead? Oh, oh, actually, no. The one other dig that we have to get on this thing. So, in usual, this set is replacing a core set for the year, if you, uh, you know, are aware of this. So, this is what we're getting instead of a core set. Now, I did mention, I do like seeing this as opposed to a core set. Core sets are never very interesting. But, one thing core sets do very well is reprint value. Yeah, like, the, the... Majority of cards and core sets are either like they're they're like standard staples, but they'll also yeah. reprint. They're like they'll slide in and like, or like a really sweet reprint here or there, or yeah. like have a really they'll good reprint some cycle. like old cards. I mean, they did uh, what like Grim Tutor showed up in the last core set and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. some really good stuff. And I think there was like one reprint here, and it was there's, there's like uh, are you talking about this set. Yeah, this uh There's like three I've counted so far. There three. might be more. I saw Plummet. I saw Charmed Sleep in blue. So like these are all random comments. And then of course the bag of holding did show back up. Oh, you're that right. One makes bag sense. of holding. Yeah. They they downshifted it to an uncommon too. Yeah, and they did that they did stuff like that, but things like there's an air cult elemental. Like air <laughs> That's elemental. A bear elemental. <laughs> I like air cult elemental better because it's just better, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but still it, it's, if you weren't going to do any reprints, I feel like you could have, I mean, bag of holding you had to have in there. Bag of holding. Yeah. Thank gosh they did. Right. But yeah, it is just super weird how like they have literal zero reprints. So mm-hmm. this is all new stuff. So just want to harp on that a bit because I guess they knew that this would be of enough interest that people are going to buy boxes of this. Because most of the time they do that because they need to sell packs, right? They're they're printing right. Chase Mythics so that they sell packs. Guess they didn't need it in that set. We'll see how that affects its longevity. Because we already talked about how it's a weaker set overall. Yeah. Um, you know, there are going to be some cards here and there, but we're talking a very weak set overall and no notable reprints whatsoever. Like, I, who's going to be buying this? And it doesn't do this set any favors being after Modern Horizons 2, which is a lot more money. Right. After we've all spent a lot of money and we're all tired and yeah, standards. Was... And also, standards still sucks, even when this comes out, yeah, because Andrean... this doesn't touch Eldraine. They should just have rotated Eldraine one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think everyone's agreed with that. I think they should change standard. I, I don't know what they have it set to, but they should... People have talked about them quickening the pace of uh, shifting standard, you know, yeah. like rotating faster. They absolutely should. I, I, yeah. thought, I thought it only went back like three blocks or something. It goes back like five or six. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of crazy, and it especially with uh, Arena coming out, like people get yeah, people especially with Arena. Games, That's so that was the whole fast. yeah, that was the whole catalyst to like should we rotate faster? Yes, especially because Arena's now like your primary source of standard is is Arena, really, because mm-hmm. you know it's expensive and no one wants to keep paying for it. But Arena, you can manage it a little better. You should rotate faster for sure. All right, let's get into the main. What this set is about. So this set did add some new things. Uh, we'll talk about the most polarizing first. These are, this is the dungeon mechanic. This was pretty exciting to see because yeah. this is so quintessentially D&D. So I'm assuming they changed party into this. Like they had to create something. They were like, nah, this kind of is lame. We need some more flavor to this yeah. set. So they added dungeons, I imagine. That's I, I didn't think about that, but I think you're absolutely right. Like they probably had both at one point and they're like... 
you know what? We now we have like 400 cards and we need to cut it down to 360. So right. we're just going to cut all the party stuff out and hopefully no one will notice. Right. It's that or one of the other code words, but I think that this one is really where it came from. Now, dungeons are slightly complicated, but not really. But on yeah. <laughs> podcasting, it might be hard to we, get out what exactly happens. Yeah, so basically these dungeons like you have to pretend that they just exist like they're always right next to you and there's only three there's only three everyone has access to them and you you don't you don't block anyone's act like everyone individually has their own access to them right and basically the rules are the the way you interact with dungeons is through a it's not really a keyword but it's like a verb (laughs) a key verb you (laughs) venture into a dungeon and yeah. venturing into a dungeon can mean or two things. One is if you are not currently in a dungeon with air quotes, you can choose between one of the three ones. And then each of the dungeons has various layers and you can go, there's little arrow indicators. And once you look at them, you notice that there are branching paths. You can choose yeah. between the paths. But basically how you move uh, into a dungeon and in between rooms of a dungeon is when you venture and that can yep. happen various ways with the cards. Um, and the rule is you can only be in one dungeon at a time. So you can't enter right. Lost Minds of Pandelver and then enter Tomb of Annihilation. You, you have, have to complete... To, you have to finish Pandelver first. Yeah. And you complete the dungeon after you've entered the final room. So once you're in the final room, you don't need to leave it. You just yep. enter the final room and now you've completed the dungeon. And you could choose one of the three. So once you've completed Lost Minds of Pandelver, you can choose Lost Minds of Pandelver again. Right. And who knows if later on in sets, if this is even going to be more popular. I'm curious to know what the rule's going to be if they ever add more dungeons. Like if you, if they've created six dungeons. Okay, now you have access to six dungeons at all times. Right, yeah. If they choose, or if like, they're just going to be like, yeah, or if they're going to be like, now choose three dungeons and you can... You only have access to those three at any given moment. Uh, that'll be interesting, but we don't have to worry about that yet. We don't have to worry about that until they make yeah. more. Right now, there's just three dungeons. I just that that's of course where my mind went is because I always want to know. All right, well, what's the next step in magic? But uh, this is what we have now. Then we have the pack tactics mechanic. This is sort of like raid or battalion. This is an attacking one where whenever the creature with pack tactics attacks, if the total power of creatures equals six or greater with that attack, you're going to trigger it and it's going to do something pretty powerful. All the pack tactics triggers seem really strong. So, which is kind of odd. This is a, that's an odd one. That's like a win more like that. That's going to feel rather strong when it happens. Cause that, (laughs) yeah, it's kind of a combination between like raid and ferocious or something. Um, Right. It cares about only power, not how many, just the power. So that's why they Sort of like ferocious, yeah. But definitely like raid, right? Because it needs the attack. It has to be yeah. the creature with the pack tactics has to be attacking. You can't attack with power six and not have the pack tactics guy attack. It yeah, requires it, him to be attacking. And it's kind of interesting. Like that's in why it's limited, like battalion. Yeah, so it's like battalion. It, yeah, in limited, it's interesting because it forces it. Make, it makes an interesting question. Like usually, you only play combat tricks to kill a creature. Like. I, mm-hmm. I attack with my 2-2, two, two, you block with your 3-3, three, three, I play my plus 2, plus 2, and I win. But now, like, you have to play your, you have to choose if you want to play your plus 2, plus 2, trigger. or yeah. in order to trigger the uh, the pack tactics ability. 
I imagine if you're playing a pack tactics deck, you do. You I'll tell you what, these these triggers are powerful. If you just look generally through the set, they, they are very strong triggers that in a limited game, I think they will win. <laughs> with with that trigger. If like if they are consistently triggering pack tactics, holy god. <laughs> they're yeah. doing some work right now. Exactly. And, and it's kinda of, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're they're really good, and also like kind of like what you were saying before. Sometimes it's like, okay, I have good attacks, I can attack with six power limited. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's big. Yeah, you'll you'll win the game rather quickly. Dungeons, meanwhile, especially in a limited sense, I feel like it's going to be kind of like energy was back in Kaladesh. It might just end up being the strongest thing that you can do, and like the game might end up being who ventured the most, they win because they gained the most value. Yeah, it's. It's interesting, like, I, it will come out that, like, you should just always try to do a particular dungeon. Like, Lost Minds right. of Pinhelver, like, it might just be like, hey, you know what? You scry Let's one ramp to the and end. you draw a card at the end. Like, that's yeah. just honestly the best thing you can do. Or, like, Mad Mage going the other way. Like, you're going to end up scrying three at some point. Like, scry one, then scry two. But if you get all the way to the end, that's draw three, you is big. Draw three yeah. and play a free card. There's also like even just like there's like a two tokens in there. Create two yeah. one ones. That that's powerful. In limited, that's yeah, like you, dang, you just you got two ramp. things to the board. I've definitely won off of venturing into twisted caverns, saying like, okay, this creature can't attack me this turn. So ah, on yeah. the back foot, saying like, oh, now you like it was a close game, and because their big uh, trampler couldn't attack me, now the life total became uh, a situation where if they attacked me then my flyer could just kill them so Did they had you ever go to tomb of annihilation no every time i looked at that I was like, <laughs> poor tomb i think it is by far the worst and yeah no. <laughs> their four four legendary death touch is such a horrible payoff too it's just like okay yeah, like you need to want to discard a card. I'd rather the two one ones, man. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like you you really need to want. They're like, I need this card in my graveyard in order to win. So that's why. <laughs> Lastly, uh, this is not necessarily a mechanic, but it's it's a theme throughout the entire set, which is actually rather strong. For actually, there is another mechanic that I didn't mention, which is rolling a d twenty is now a mechanic. Yeah. Uh, there are D20s now. The The effects are horrendous as, for, as far as I've seen. <laughs> I don't think they did a wonderful job with it. They did what they could. But it so, kind of seems rushed. I don't know. Like, they just, like, randomly were like, 1 through 9, 10 through 14, 20. I don't know. <laughs> just figure it out. <laughs> it's like, well, what should I make the effects? Well, I'll do something lame and then kind of lame and then, like, just generally lame. <laughs> So if you roll 20, what happens? Nah, something pretty lame. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> we'll print it. Yeah, a lot of the commons and uncommons for those are, aren't like, they're like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> they're oh, like, yeah. Commander. it's a little sad. But they also have so many modal cards in this set. Oh, this is, this is like, I'm not including this in my flavor wit and flavor thing because they're just, yeah. it would just be all these things. Like it would just be all of them. I did include one. I did include one. Yeah. So in like my, there, there are ones that are like you come to river is the name of the card. Yeah. And you have two options. You can fight the current, which is in I italic. So that means it's like an ability word, which means return target, non-land permanent or fight the crossing. 
Right, yeah. Fight the current or find a crossing. Find a crossing. Target creature gets plus one plus zero oh, until an attorney can't be blocked this turn. So it's kind of cool. Like, there's just so many of these cards that are like, this is what happens. What do you do? And that's so D and D. Like that is yeah, the yeah. most D and D thing you could possibly have. And to me, and this is this is said, even on creatures. Like you named yeah. a spell, and that like makes sense for us because we've had a ton of modal spells before, right? We've had is it charms yeah. and stuff. They have extended this throughout like all the creatures so they have like bards that can cast spells they can cast bardic inspiration or song of rest like they got it everywhere yeah and it's it's kind of weird because or not 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 this in particular but the weird thing is usually more text means more confusion but i find it easier to remember what these things do now Ah, yeah, I was going to wonder how, like, everyone's got their opinion on this. I generally love it. I, I think it's yeah. cool. I don't and know. Like, you, you can I know people are like, oh, it'll confuse everyone. I don't I don't think so. I, the spell's got its own name. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? Like, what exactly. are you talking about? How is it confusing you? I casted, you find the villain's lair. I didn't, you know, <laughs> and then I chose yeah. one of the modes. Who cares? And then, like, they foil their like. scheme. It's a blue card. What do you think that means? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it, a blue card. I foiled their scheme. What do you think it does? And it, it's so more interesting to say, like, oh, uh, like, oh, uh, I cast Find the Villain's Lair. Oh, what do you choose? Do you use the counterspell option or the draw two cards? You can say, like, I'm going to, I cast Find the Villain's Lair. I'm going to foil their scheme. And you'd be like, right. ah, okay. I know what that means. Yep. So that, that's what we got going on in the set. That, I'd say, over all of these, like Dungeons, I don't think we'll make a splash in Commander whatsoever. Uh, we'll talk about that probably in the next episode in, in the Commander review, because they right. have a Commander for it. So we'll we'll see what we think when we review that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pack Tactics, generally strong. Unfortunately, attacking in Commander is not strong. So I don't <laughs> think Pack Tactics will show up in Commander. There is one card. All. That. okay yeah there always is right there's so, always wait, one but... and i mean i don't have this in mind so i guess you don't have yours so it's minion yeah. of the mighty the minion of the mighty yeah puts dragons it in puts play, a dragon yeah. so tapped and attacking they'll so. be in a dragon deck for sure but uh overall yeah just just not going to be a mechanic we're gonna have to worry about or anything but the flavor the the, the modal cards really are shining stars like you can play some commons in commander that you wouldn't realize are like just bombs oh I mean, and if you want to make a Dungeons and Dragons deck. Mm. Like, one, if you really, really want to lean into it, oh, you just are going to play tons of these cards. Like, even the bounce right. one that we said, like, it's like you can find utility for that. If oh, you we'll, really, really we'll get to, to that one. <laughs> I might have that. <laughs> you might have it. You might have picked out one of the only ones. Oh, I have sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was just low. On the it was kind of funny that you named that one. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Well, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's kind of funny because I was like, I'll just pick what it's like. I was yeah, like, I know because there's like, tons uh, of them. There's tons. You could have named any. Maybe I'll choose a different one because honestly, you could make an argument for a lot. Of, they're modal cards. They yeah. modal cards in Commander generally just do things you wouldn't expect them to do, and it's always yeah. great. They're fun, so I love seeing them here. All We're right. gonna kick it off with our strongest cards. I think that's the that's that's the place to start. That's that's yep. where we argue about now. I've these already are the mentioned cards you're like most likely to see. Uh, yeah, make a splash like, in Commander. Oh, we need to kill this card, or oh, he played this card and I couldn't stop it. Yeah, and now this time around, we we in general kind of strayed away from uh, legendaries. Now I I will say the legendaries I have picked out because I I did pick legendaries. There's a lot of them in this set, so it was pretty hard to uh, to not pick them. And 
honestly, for the legendaries I have picked, it's not as a commander. I think these legendaries are good in the 99, not yeah, necessarily I, as commanders. There is one card that I think is like, is like ooh, a this is commander. the commander card. But yeah, okay. the other, other ones I have that are legendary. Yeah, the, I That are really like 99 cards. 99. Yeah, yeah, which is fair. I mean, because a lot of these are actually are all monocolored, right? There's not a uh, there there's a there are some some multicolored, but generally speaking, multicolored ones are better as commanders. While monocolored legendaries will make it more in the ninety nine. That's just as a general. You're definitely losing something by playing a monocolored deck. Monocolored commander, right? So they generally show up more as uh, in the ninety nines. All right, who? What is the first card you want to talk about? Now that we're forty minutes in, we haven't gotten any of the cards. All right, let's kick it off then. Do you have them listed in in a particular order? I guess I don't care about my order because honestly, I don't know about any five of these cards. <laughs> uh, I have, yeah, I I have like two. I think are definitely stronger than the other ones. All right, so, so name I, I, I one of have... your bottom threes of yeah. the top five. <laughs> yeah. No, let's not go in order. Let's just let's just dissuade this. All right, give me your first one. Okay, I have one which is uh, a rep- uh, functional reprint of a card okay. that is worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Oh, yes, okay. I know it's one you're talking about. And Circle of Dreams Druid. Sure, this is the guy's cradle. Yep, it's a green, green, green for a 2-1 elf druid. Add green for each creature you control. Yep, I didn't include this, but I, I absolutely agree you can include this. I mean, why yeah. not? This is going to do strong things. It's just one of those cards that, like, your Sapperling deck is... You're going to play this card and you'll be like, how much? How how many creatures do you have? Yeah, I have 25. And you're like, hmm. (laughs) There's a lot of untap effects in Commander 2. Especially with decks that know, hey, my creatures generate a bunch of mana. I'm going to untap it (laughs) for one mana. And then I'm going to tap it again for 20 more mana. Yeah, Uh, It's really easy to abuse this card in Commander. So I absolutely agree with you. This is just going to be a staple, really. Yep. Yeah. Uh, It might be that it's trip green, right? It's green, green, green. It might be reserved for mono green decks. Maybe. But probably not. But that's where you'd see it. Like almost assuredly. Like a mono green deck. Probably rolling up. Yeah, on this. like this. A lot of gruel decks are like mono green for the ramp, and then red for like X fireball type spells. I'll start with my oddball in Zorn. Oh, I love this card. Yeah, so this just plays more into the token making that we've been suggesting. Just they're running rampant. So this is I don't know flavor wise why it does this. I don't think they have much to do with uh, additional treasure. But if you would create one or more treasure tokens, instead, you create that many tokens plus an additional one. So you're going to get an additional treasure for every treasure you make. Yep, this card's sweet. It's a three mana. I'm assuming it's going in your token deck. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of these cards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, this thing at that new Academy Manufacturer would be quite busted because it just just kind of makes all of the... it, it, It will see the additional token and then Manufacturer will say, well, I have to cook... Make more clues then. Make these ones. It, it'll be interesting to say like how this will trigger because it's like if I make a clue, I have two, I have like a replacement effect and then I have a replacement effect that triggers off of these other replacement effects. Oh yeah, you're right. Because, right. So, right. If you didn't make the treasure, because making the treasure is the easy treasure. part. Yeah. Because yeah. if, if, if you make the treasure, okay, then it knows I make an additional treasure, which makes right. the other two. But if yeah. you created one of the other tokens, what happens now? Because now... I'm going to create two of the other ones. I, th- I assume it all works the same. I, it's I going to make that additional treasure, which is going to fill the slots out again. So yeah, you're going to end up with 
Six, and I make seven. an additional treasure, then Acadia Manufacture replaces that effect. So now do I just double all my clue? So I'm, I'm, I made like a clue treasure in... Uh, yeah, you're going to make, for each, for each one, like, you're going to make six with, with Zorn out. That's yeah, you're going to make six. Like, so. Yeah, which is just crazy. I don't know. I think it's going to play really well with a lot of things that red decks are doing now, too. So this is two in a red, if we didn't mention, for a 3-2 elemental. Who right. cares about the body? This is We're basically playing this, this for its effect. Yeah. This is an enchantment that has a body um, that we're just, yeah, we just want additional treasure. It's kind of funny. They're kind of using treasures as a way to, like, give other colors ramp that aren't. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and it makes sense for red for sure, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that I think that's genius for red because it's supposed to be, I think they might have gone too far, but <laughs> it's supposed to be like, oh, you only have it for that one turn. But like a slightly better version of like their seething songs they used to print, where like yeah. you could you literally have to use it now. Treasures you can sandbag a bit, but now yeah. that everything makes a treasure, and this makes you an additional treasure for all your treasures. You may yeah. you might just have too much mana. Yeah, treasures, and also it's like so many things trigger off of artifact enter the battlefield. You sacrifice a permanent. You can do this. Right. Yeah. It, it gets kind of nuts. It might be too much. Who knows? But that's why I think this this card just uh, immediately appears like, okay, in Commander, that, that's going to be good. <laughs> Watch out for that thing. All right. My second card is, uh, I think we might have, I forget if we talked about this. This is one of the early preview cards of Warhol okay. Sword. Ah, yes. The Wind Condition Sword. Yeah. So in... It's kind of crazy because so Vorpal Sword is a single black mana for uh, an equipment. Equip cost black black, so two um, mana in total. Equip uh, creature gets plus two plus zero and has death touch. That's like a pretty good equipment. That's a Not, good strong effect. But if you could pay five black 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 until the end of turn, it has like the phage effect where if equip creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. And that's Which an instant a effect. Really so, sucky way to lose. Yeah, it's just one of those like, do you have any blockers? No. All right. Yeah, I I, I would definitely mention this to you. Is I do hate this effect because it preys on the weak. One of the things that you should be doing in Commander is trying to take down that guy that's really scary. Because if you don't, and you kill the guy with nothing on his board. The guy that is scary is going to destroy you. Yeah, and, and how often is it that, like, maybe you could have gone out of that, like, a, on a 3v1, but someone's like, oh, well, I think I'm going to lose anyway. I might as well kill somebody on my way. Yeah, it just, it's just, just too like, tempting, oh. right? I hate that the temptation's even there. It's like, oh, well, I can kill someone. <laughs> so then they go and do it, and you're like, oh, dude, that was... I get it, but holy crap, you just screwed the whole game. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and, like... This card is, is just good enough by itself, which is also uh, I, yeah. if it was just like has death touch and or like if it was just the auto win, then it'd be like this is probably not good enough to put in your deck. Right, right. And if but, and, well, and also if it was just the other effect, it probably still wouldn't be good enough. Good enough. I mean, yeah. it does turn every one one and anything you have into a legitimate blocker, right? A, mm -hmm. a two one death touch is. It, I mean, three one death touch. Yeah. Hey, yeah. What? Why not? <laughs> exactly. For two mana. It's just equipment. Equipment is a very strong card type. <laughs> For sure. Always. All right. Next one I'll call out is, is one of the legendaries, but it is not, not as a commander. I mean, you could play this as a commander, but it's mono white. So I don't know that you would want to, but Oswald Fiddlebender. That was a card I have on my list. Okay. Uh, yeah. I 
So artifacts just generally in the game are extremely strong. This is your artifact birthing pod. And what yeah. we mean by that is that it's one white and tap, sacrifice an artifact, and then you search your library for an artifact with mana value one plus that. So you just go one up beyond that and put it right onto the battlefield. And you can only do it as a sorcery. And this guy's a 2-2 two, two for two. So 2-2 two, two for one yeah. and a white. Which is really good. You can turn your signets into swords. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just super good. So a lot of times, too, artifacts in the game of Commander, for instance, are very much silver bullet cards that do a very good job of doing that. Yeah, <laughs> like, imagine having an ensnaring bridge. No one can attack now. Like, sacrificing yeah. your signet for ensnaring bridge to survive. Like, you could do some powerful, powerful stuff. If you have an artifact land, you can just get a soul ring. You can just get a soul ring. That's nuts. Yeah, that's disgusting. Everyone's t- uh, yeah. yeah. So he's uh, I think he'll show up in the ninety nine of uh, any artifact deck with white, and and he'll be strong doing oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And artifacts want to be in the graveyard strong. anyway. I just think about it this way. We know that tutor effects in Commander are one of the most powerful things in the game that are kind of boring but amazing. This is a tutor every single turn. <laughs> yeah, repeatable tutor. It's all you have to know, right? It's And it's better than a tutor yeah. almost. You don't pay for the card. You paid yeah. one mana for whatever card. You just tutored out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. So it cheats on mana and on cards, and yeah, so it's strong. All right, well, I'm going to skip that one. Good. So Do I, that. Yeah. Uh, I, have a, <laughs> I have a green legendary, Old Gnawbone. Love that card. He would be more in my favorites. I don't... Uh, he, he is strong. He is strong. Talk about him. Yeah, so he's a he's a five green green, so seven CMC or seven mana value? Mana value, mana yeah. Value. We have to say mana. You have to have say, to say mana. This, <laughs> Since they move to mana value and mana cost, I'm like, which one's which? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So mana, mana cost is a different seven. thing. Mana cost is specifically what's up there. Cost Mana cost is five green green, mana value. Yes, correct. There you go. I'm learning. Uh, <laughs> it's a... Seven seven flying dragon with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, create that many treasure tokens. Talk yeah, well, if you had Zorn out, you'd get that many plus one. Plus one, just <laughs> one for, plus one for each creature. That had. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you would. It's each yeah, instance. It's. I think this is going to be one of those ones that sneak up on people. How good it is! Oh yeah, this will end games, right? Yeah, because it'll be games. like if I have. 10 set like sapling tokens and maybe like a parallel lives out i'm like okay i'm gonna attack you oh man and you have three blockers okay i make 14 treasures and yeah i, I love how off. when he comes down his static effects right it's not him attacking it's not him it's whenever a creature like he'll most likely hit too because he's a seven seven flyer seven, next seven flyer it's gonna but either you kill don't a need or to make to. seven mana yeah i just i love that yeah if you set yourself up to attack in any given way you're getting all the mana that you spent on him back. And that's what makes a card super powerful a lot of the times is when they pay you back. Essentially free. And in Commander, getting to seven mana in a green deck is not an issue. It is pretty easy, yeah. And playing a 7-7 flyer cannot be underrated. (laughs) This can just, like, just kill somebody. That's that's what's going to happen. You're not going to attack with him because you don't want, like, it to block or something. Or you, you want it to block, and then all of a sudden you're like, I can kill this guy in two turns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With old Wait a second. But I definitely would say, like, out. I wouldn't see him as a commander, right? You could. You could. Not saying you can't. You could play anything as a commander. As Who a really commander, cares? Yeah. But this isn't going to be one of those, like, oh, God, super strong, ridiculous commanders. Right. 
Yeah. Mostly because he, he promotes combat in a deck with mono green that you're going to have to ramp for, and then you're just having green. I don't know. It's not going to be too strong. Yeah, I, I think the real flex is having all the token doublers, enchantments, in green, and then playing this as your commander. Yeah. It's a little obnoxious. But even if you do that, there's way better commanders in mono green. But yeah, as in a 99, like it's a 7-7 flying for 7, which is the floor. That's probably going to give you like 4 or 5 treasures back do you think we've even mentioned that things make tokens now in commander do you uh, think that that's come up yet no this is the first time yeah I've said <laughs> i will i will say until my death wizards print the card that says make one token a turn please for the love of god <laughs> it's getting obnoxious out there all right i will call out my next card then which is rather good against tokens this is the sphere of annihilation. Ooh, I have uh, I have that in my like underrated category. Okay, I, so yeah. I, I totally underrated. I'll agree with underrated because I think this is one of the strongest cards coming out of this set. Yeah, if if you told me that, oh yeah, this is just a staple in Commander from in all black decks, I'd be like, yep. I, I would say yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think they'd be correct. So this is X in a black. It enters the battlefield with X void counters on it. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you're going to exile it, all creatures, all planeswalkers, with a mana value less than or equal to the number of void counters on it, and all creatures and all planeswalkers in all graveyards with the mana value less than or equal to that number. Being so it will not get rid you of now. your... Yeah, I did. I I thought it got rid of all permanents, so I thought it was more Sorolf-like. Because we know how powerful Sorolf is, right? I mean, Sorolf is redonkulous. When he gets rid of it, it's just like, okay, you're all done. We're restarting the game again. Except I have Sorolf. Except I have Sorolf. I thought this was more on the Sorolf level. It's a little less, but it does the exact same thing with... And it exiles graveyards, which is pretty huge. Uh, That makes it like, oh... Oh, yeah, this is good. Because <laughs> you always think of of the oh yeah, like even Sorelf, right? The exile stuff from the gra- uh, battlefield. So yeah, mm-hmm. everything was gone, but the stuff that's in the graveyard still sticks around. With this card, no, that stuff's also gone. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's just so good. Like the utility of being able for it, this to be a board wipe and a graveyard hate spell. In the yes, and so we always have to say this too. I don't think enough people are playing enough grave hate yet. I think oh, it, yeah, people no. are starting to think of it now, and they're doing it in a way, or Wizards is printing cards in a way that we're including these cards anyway, right? Like, uh, they just printed that Author of Shadows, which I love that card. It exiles everyone's graveyards, and then you pick the best thing, and you can cast that you can whenever cast, you want yeah. now. And that's like promoting people to play Grave Hate, even though they didn't realize it. Yeah, <laughs> right? They, they're they're playing it to be like, oh, I want to play one of your cool cards out of your graveyards. But what you really just did there is like decimate your yeah. graveyard deck. <laughs> and that's yeah. the things you should be doing. But you just don't know it. So yeah, this this card does a great job of doing both those things. I just think it's going to be stable. You know, one of the things I thought about with this card, too, is do you remember how terrifying it was when someone plays a Nevdisk? So Nevdisk is one of those cards that you can't destroy everything as soon as you cast it. It comes yeah. in tapped. This card is the same thing. It's like the threat of it going away. You're like, oh. It sets the boot. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, I can't cast anything now. It's yeah. going to get exiled immediately on their turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And, and it's a permanent, too. Like, I I think having these abilities on permanence, one, it kind of creates a a little bit of play because you can destroy mm-hmm. it. Yep. 
Yeah, you have to wait till your upkeep, you wait which is the a downside of it for sure. But it, yeah. yeah, it makes the card worse, but it makes it more interesting, I think, than just Absolutely. X black, X, like yeah, like do that effect, right? That would yeah. be like ah, uh, okay, because of exactly <laughs> what you said. Like it kind of is, it's fun and exciting, like to play your nev disc, and everyone goes like. Oh no! Oh, how do we play this game now? <laughs> yeah, and, then, and if you untap with it, it's literally someone has their hand over the nuke button. <laughs> it's just like you play it's a great game, card. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow it up. <laughs> it's a great card. I do love Nevdisk. Oh yeah. So my next card is also black. Okay. And wow. I, it's probably the one that I have too. Though. Yeah, it's probably the one you have. Osmodius, the Archfiend. Okay, I didn't have this one. I agree okay. with you though. Yeah. Yeah, so it has a, a uh, binding. Contract. I guess Black just did really well. <laughs> Black did a good job. Black did a good job. Uh, so if binding contract, which is super flavorful. Uh, so it's a, I guess I should say, it's a uh, six mana costing four black black for six six devil god. And binding contract. If you would draw a card, exile the top card of your library instead face down. So you don't you don't know what the, no one knows what the card is. And it has three mana, or black, black, black. Draw seven cards. Mm-hmm. Her drawing cards is good. Drawing cards generally is okay. It's good. But, but these Eric, go, you wouldn't draw those seven cards. They would get wouldn't. exiled face down instead. Asmodeus gets his hands on it first. So you can play <laughs> a black to return all cards exiled with Asmodeus, the Archfiend, to their owner's hand. You lose that much life. So basically, you have to continuously pay... Uh, black. You have to like store up a bunch of cards in Asmodeus, pay black to get them back. I would love for someone to build this deck with like the entire intentions of like paying three, and then somehow with the trigger on the stack, like exiling your Asmodeus for a second so that you can draw all the cards. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> or using one of your favorite cards, Necrotic Ooze. Binding contract. Oh uh, my god! Why didn't I think of that? Just toss Asmodeus and just Necrotic Ooze pay three, yeah. draw seven. I'll just do yeah, that. Yeah, it, okay, it, I'm doing that. Never doing mind. That. Never mind everyone about my idea. I'm doing Necrotic Ooze stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, it is dice the way you, you, you kind of drew it up because that means if I pay seven and I have like, let's say five or six black mana, I can pay seven and then someone like can't just kill Osmodeus. In response, right? Because then I just still get the seven cards, but with no. <laughs> it's like okay, I just I, I'm still getting seven. I'm still drawing seven cards. It's it it nice that they worded it that way instead of or maybe not. Maybe it'll become the super impressive card, but uh, <laughs> like it's nice that they worded it that way instead of saying like pay three, exile the top seven cards of your library with Osmodius, and then right. And hey, he's also a six six. Also six six. Don't All don't right. discount everyone how big these bodies are sometimes. Okay, yeah. it it is. Really good to have a giant blocker a lot of the time. <laughs> All right, I got two more. Here's one that I, I do, I will nominate for potentially super strong in Commander as a Commander. Mm-hmm. This is the Acerac, the Archlich. I also had this in my going to be under uh, underrated. underrated. Yeah, I, I, and and we'll see where it goes. But I, so he is the speed dungeon speedrunner. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. He's, he's on the leaderboards, everyone, in the dungeon speed running, okay? That is I, so I, good. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the name of his deck's going to be. And if you didn't know why, well, it's because of this. When he enters the battlefield, he costs two and a black for a 5-5 five, five zombie wizard. When he enters the battlefield, if you haven't completed two of the Annihilation, return him to your hand and venture. So you're going to venture into dungeon. Doesn't have to be Tomb of Annihilation. Also, whenever he attacks, so this is when he does stick, that means you've finished Tomb of Annihilation. You can have him on the battlefield. Whenever you attack, for each opponent, you'll make a 2-2 black zombie unless they sack a creature, which is a decent effect in Commander for sure. There's three opponents, which means... You're going to make three zombies or make three people sack creatures. That's generally pretty strong. But I honestly think the speedrunning thing might get broken. Yeah. Yeah, there's some legacy decks with a Lurin that's just an infinite combo. Yep. Yep. Um, and, I, and I think you could do the same in Commander in a bunch of different ways. Yep. And I mean, just, just playing just playing all the cost reducers and making him cost a single mana, I think might, might be pretty broken. Yeah. It, it, yeah, like there's, just like you said, the cost reducers... Black is known for like doubling their mana. 15 yeah, getting ways. a ton of mana. You can just get like like fifteen mana with like Cabal Coffers, Urborg, and then uh, just complete Dungeon of the Man Mage. Which I and, and so we haven't exactly gone through what these dungeons do perfectly. You you but you really do have to look into it. But for instance, let's say you're speed running. We're talking for like an investment of five mana. You're putting counters on creatures, drawing cards, making everyone lose a life, you're gaining life, creating a uh, token or gaining mana and scrying. Like, you're doing all of that for yeah, four mana. Like, yeah, you play like Heartless Summoning, like you said, with a cost reducer. Mm-hmm. Now, for every black mana, you just go off. Like You, you just go off, yeah. Off. Or if you go to the Mad Mage, you're going to, at the end of that, draw three and you can pl- cast one of them for free. Yeah, and this is for seven mana. I, you're you're going to do some busted stuff. Actually, six mana because one of those steps is creating a treasure token, which gives you a black to cast them again. That's I, true. And like, like you just go through this, and it's you're like, oh my god, doing this <laughs> every turn. So every turn you would gain a life for si- at turn six or yeah, whatever. You'd gain uh yeah, you gain a life, get two skeletons, scry two, then scry three. And then, yo, those cards you scried to the top, now you get to cast one. Because you drew three cards. And it's like, every turn you do that? Yeah. So this is one you'd have to think about a lot more. This isn't, like, showing up as, like, I'm super busted and powerful. But I think out of this set, it might end up being that. Oh, yeah. That's just what I gather. From looking at the set, I'm like, wow. he, He looks like he could be broken. That's just how it looks to me. It's like, yeah. when I look at the strongest cards, I'm looking for stuff that can easily be broken. And I think he can easily be broken. Yeah, this is, this is definitely one of those cards that, like, you go to your local game store and someone plays Heartless Summoning in their Aceric deck. And you have yeah. to convince the table, like, we need to kill you this guy. Destroy <laughs> Heartless Summoning. Yeah, now. and everyone's like, oh, no, but, like, look, you have a, I don't know, uh, the uh, what's the white? giant that i always use as a benchmark sun titan sun titan like but you have a sun titan i'm like no he is going to kill us (laughs) i don't care that i have a sun i'm just like i will never attack with sun titan or block like if you kill this so yeah so black has done really well because my last card is also black but what what do you got because i think you have two more cards yet or just well oswald was one of mine 
Okay, also, so so that was it for you then. Yep, that was it. I know. All right, so my last black one is the Planeswalker, Loth, the yeah. Spider Queen. Her again, every time they give Planeswalkers statics, I think it might be a giant colossal mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless it's something like I don't know, like you gain zero life. <laughs> <laughs> sure like, yeah like, that's that sounds fine to me that sounds, that sounds fine, fine. Yeah. yeah like something that's actually has no like the the grandmaster of flowers one that's a good passive because it doesn't turn on ever um but yeah uh, we'll, okay yeah but th- needs, this one yeah. this one's pretty egregious this is whenever a creature dies put a loyalty counter on her oh a creature you control so it's not all creatures but whenever a creature you control dies you put a loyalty counter on her. Now she doesn't have any plus abilities, so this is supposed to be the only way you're supposed to get loyalty counters on her. Notice how I said supposed to be because it's freaking commanded. You can do whatever in command. It's not. There's no rules yeah. that. Does... <laughs> Listeners, I think you could hear my eyes squinting at. This. There's no. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's the only way to put counters on. Yeah, but, no. But Brett. Black and sacrificing creatures and them dying? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, creatures never die. Not to mention, when she enters play with four loyalty, you can minus three her, which gives you two, two, one black spiders with menace and reach. I love they have it. two keyword abilities. I, for some reason, I love that those spiders. Because, like, spiders are always like, ooh, I'm a defensive, I'm, I'm web, I'm a Yeah, I do like their power toughness, right? And they're I like, love that they're two ones. Screw you, I'm going to block your flyer, and I'm coming after your face. <laughs> There's nothing that you can do to stop my spiders from from fucking you uh, up. I, will, I don't like them on this card in particular. Yeah. But I do agree with you that I wish more spiders would reflect yeah. this 2-1 menace reach because uh, build. Let's be honest. Spiders are not a defensive. No, right? You can squash them life. very easily. They're predators. <laughs> <laughs> they're predators, and they're tiny. Like no, the tiny spiders. You can crush them easily, but they have poison. They can. They. That's their whole thing. Yeah, I never understood the the whole giant spider two four routine. What is yeah. that? Like no, that should have been a no. that should have been a a three two menace vigilance reach. Yeah. I sh- well, they should have vigilance too. I mean, not these, but vigilance would make sense for a spider too. Yeah. But then I think also like tarantulas and other things that they're ambush predators, so they should have like flash reach. Yeah, oh, see, we're making spiders op now. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hit us up on Twitter. Ours should spiders be op? <laughs> spiders op. <laughs> uh, anyway, we haven't even finished Loth. Okay, oh, so yeah, she <laughs> she's also got a zero that draws you a card, loses a life. I. Yeah, I mean, you're. She's got a billion loyalty. Uh, <laughs> she just yeah. that's just that's called card value. Okay, I mean that's mm-hmm. insane. She's a Phyrexian arena, if nothing else. She might cost a bit more, but she's gaining loyalty whenever a creature you control yeah. dies, and protecting yourself with two one reach menace spiders. Uh, her emblem's not terribly exciting. So, but Which you is can good stack on a thing like this. Yeah, yeah, but you no, can stack them, and again, you, I, you I don't, can, I believe. I don't think it, I mean, you technically can, but when the second one, the ability resolves... Oh, yeah, it'll that see that they lost eight life. Eight okay, life yeah. So this emblem says, whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control, they will lose, if they lost less than eight life, they're going to lose life equal to difference. So they're going to lose yeah. eight life. It's so like, a playoff of, like, eight legs of a spider or whatever. Yeah, like so that. if you hit them with, like, a, a 2-1 menace... 
yeah. uh, then they are going to lose, lose eight life at minimum. Um, I, it's I a cool like, emblem. It's a cool emblem. I like that it's in, like it's a kind of interactable because it requires a creature to hit you. It, they can't be stacked. And on a uh, planeswalker that can have like 15 loyalty. I, I, like, I yeah, right. right. I, I almost I don't see you ever doing this unless right. You're you're at 15 loyalty. I already have 20 spiders. I right. <laughs> and somehow you don't want to draw a card, and you feel like the emblem is what you want. I, I it's just the first two abilities, and the fact that she is a static where she's just constantly get. Impossible. I have a deck, guys, where I create 20 creatures and sack 20 creatures in a single turn regularly. Yeah. That is not even remotely out of the question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And basically I didn't even like really register her starting loyalty after seeing that ability. Yeah. Because I'm just like, oh, so it's 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so she immediately has like 10 loyalty because got 10 it. creatures are going to Got die. it. 20 cool. loyalty. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> Super exactly. loyal because of her spiders. And exactly. you know, if someone's got to do it, glad it's this and not like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, an emblem where, like, every time you draw a card, you lose, each opponent loses five life. I'm like, ah, screw that. Uh, yep. So that's that's another one I'm just putting up as strong. strongest, man. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Any any planeswalker that makes this many creatures and gets this much loyalty to make more creatures to defend, uh, it's just going to yeah. be obnoxious. It's just gonna All right. We're going to move on to our favorite cards. This is what I'm more excited about. What are your favorite cards coming out of this set? Oh, give yeah. Me, give me your favorite cards. <laughs> so I like, for some reason, I just love abilities that turn things into other things okay <laughs> that's gonna be a theme uh one of my most favorite cards is called eccentric apprentice okay it's a is. two and a blue for a two two tiefling wizard with flying um when enter the battlefield venture uh, into a dungeon okay. uh at the beginning of combat on your turn if you've completed a dungeon up to one creature becomes a bird with, that's base toughed as one one and flying until the turn. Okay, you have to complete a dungeon, but once you've done that, yep. every turn it will be in combat. It. it doesn't need to attack. You can just make something a bird. <laughs> that is a really cool card. I don't. Yeah, I just like I'm just going to turn this to a bird. I'm not even going to. Also, I will say overall, from what I've uh, gathered in this set, three mana for venturing is like. Pretty on rate, like that. Yeah. That yeah, that's like that's what it costs to venture. Is this it's three mana? ETB, so in blue, you can just flicker it a bunch if you really need to. And uh, we can replace that with generally like I don't know, like Scry one point five is yeah. Is, it's a little better than Scry one is like always where you start. Yeah, it, but if you're anywhere further, it's better than that. It's normally so. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, like like Lost Minds. Like, if you're doing this, you're doing Lost Minds of Pendelver, because that's the... Or Tomb of Annihilation, maybe, because that's three steps to complete a dungeon. Oh, um, right, because you... All right, for this card, you really want to be done with a dungeon. You really want to be done with a dungeon. I would imagine, yeah, you're doing Lost Mind. Well, you're still... Yeah, you're still doing Lost Mind. So, it's like... You, you're getting Scry 1 at yeah, the very yeah. least. So I, I, says, like, I like its it, yeah. second. You can, like, make a treasure from its enter. Yep. Three yeah. mana, get a treasure back? That. Wow! All right, now we're talking. Yeah, exactly. Like if you are in there, you're just like, okay, I'm gonna make a treasure. Or if you need to get a blocker, you make a one-one. You make a one-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each opponent loses one. You gain one. Is always a strong effect. I mean, that that's always fine. And that's you. Either way, you went. You can get that. That's right. in the middle. Then you draw a card, and now you can turn stuff into birds. 
Love it. All right, yeah, that, yeah. that that's a solid card. I mean, you, yeah, you definitely have to be playing around with uh, the dungeon mechanic. I think, to, you oh, need yeah, to you have to. You have to, to make him good. He can't do it alone. You have I, to finish you know, the dungeon. It is, it is interesting. I think with Blink decks, I could see him cards like this dungeon. coming mm-hmm. in. Like, because, like, like you said, like, a lot of these dungeons, at the very least, they're scry one. Or scry one. And if you're looking for stuff, like, man, might as well. You can get... If That's fair. That's fair. It's it's always a... It's an enter battlefield ability every time, and it's always okay. Yeah. It's not the worst. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. He could show up... Uh, I could see him in, like, a Brago deck would be really good. Yeah. yeah. You get a couple of these, like, ETB ventures, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, now I, I just need to attack one more time, and I'm drawing, you know cards or and playing card for free a little odd that like you'd want to create a blocker for someone I, I it's it's funny because they they you created that something with flying to block your stuff I, not that it's a big deal because honestly i mean yeah he'll kill it he's a two two yeah so, like, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I mean, it's just kind of funny yeah it's just for, like okay yeah. i'll start off with my blue card which i think is the most polarizing card of the set this is the demi lich and we have to talk about oh it. yeah i I didn't include this in my... I think this is one of the more powerful cards for, like, modern and, like... Yeah, for a constructed. For sure. It it probably isn't so strong in Commander. Right. Uh, so it costs blue, 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 blue. Four blue! <laughs> blue now, blue, blue. why I love this guy so much is because I have a blue devotion deck. And this has, like, the most devotion I've ever seen. Yeah. That blue devotion <laughs> oh deck God. also so likes devoted. wizards... And this guy's a skeleton wizard. So it's like almost exactly what I'm looking for for that deck. Mm-hmm. Like a skeleton, like a wizard with four devotion, uh, which is hilarious. Card. That is like, that's why I'm looking at this card. Yeah. Because like everyone who is anyone else is like, wait, but the card. Uh, yes. Okay. Let's get to that. The card does. Yes. It is really powerful. But of course, I only care about its devotion and its type. It's like, do you see how many pips that creature has? <laughs> yeah. And everyone else is like, but what? It has other <laughs> attacks. What? <laughs> <laughs> but do you see the pips? <laughs> the pips. So this card. <laughs> This card costs one pip less, one blue mana less to cast for each instant and sorcery spell you've cast this turn. Whenever he attacks, exile up to one instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Copy it. You may cast the copy. So you have to pay mana. It doesn't say you don't pay mana. You have to pay all the costs, but whenever he attacks, you can snap mage any card out of your uh, graveyard. Um, when you also, you can cast the Demi-Lich from your graveyard. What you have to do for that is exile four instant or sorcery cards from your graveyard in addition to paying his costs, which if you've casted four instant or sorceries, he will cost one blue less for each of the sorceries that you cast that turn. So he's got a lot of texts. He is just like a churning machine in and of himself of just, I love instants and sorceries. (laughs) Yeah. And I think... I, there might be a bunch of redundancy with like cantripping single blue mana spells. Yeah, I feel point. like that's not where you'd want to be with him, yeah, right? Like, Just like casting a bunch. Of, you, that means you paid the mana for those cantrips, if anything, yeah. to cast this 4 3. And then you, <laughs> to, to then you need to again. cast something else because you've exiled them from your graveyard. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think, um, I think this is going to be. I don't know, yeah, it's still powerful. Like, it's still that, powerful. That I don't know how. 
you you'd have to be pretty bold to try this in anything more than a two color deck. Yeah. Uh, like red blue decks can for sure probably get this in there. Mono blue yeah. absolutely could. And and this is like I said, it's a Snapcaster Mage. Every attack uh, is a strong card. I mean, you you can't deny right. it. Like getting value from your instants and sorceries that you've cast is very strong. So yeah. it, it's a good card. And like. There's just a ton of like really common blue spells that cost one blue mana and make things unblockable. Yeah. Like there's one that has rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, Even just getting him back to towards the end of the game is really important, right? Yeah. And, like the fact that you can just exile four instant sorceries and cast them from your graveyard is like, dang, that's an annoying recursive threat. Yeah. <laughs> you have Definitely. to exile. This is why you play Grave Hate People for the yeah. cards like this. We'll yeah, just exactly. annihilate this card. Uh, okay, so one of my other favorites is not good, but <laughs> this is probably uh, one of my favorite creatures in Dungeons & Dragons. The gelatinous okay. cube. Yes! <laughs> uh, so it's a 4-3 for 4 mana, 2 black black. It has like two abilities, so one is called Engulf. When it enters the battlefield, exile target non-ooze creature and opponent <laughs> controls until it leaves the battlefield and then dissolve. So you can pay X black, put target creature card with mana value X uh, exiled with gelatinous cube into their graveyard. So like it's a very roundabout way of ETB destroy a creature. Right. Uh, <laughs> sometimes the engulfing will just be fine enough. Like, sure. You know, there's a creature. I like that, that it's non-ooze. Creatures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Also, the it. art on this card is spot on. Oh my gosh, yeah. Does it just... seem like the ooze is booking it? <laughs> <laughs> ooze moves so fast. I was gonna, when I look at this card, there's like a dust cloud kind of behind this yeah, cube yeah. coming down a hallway. It <laughs> oh looks God, like this yeah. thing is like, it looks like this thing is booking it down a hallway, I, okay? I assume that was just like gas, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> No, not if I'm now. My brain says that's a dust cloud kicked up. Yeah, like, that is a dust speed. cloud from this ooze just booking it down uh-huh. the hallway. Yeah, at like a hundred miles an hour. This thing just looks <laughs> like it's, it's zooming down the hallway. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant! <laughs> but yeah, I love it. Yeah, I have. Um, I did have one ooze in our D and D campaign that you've seen. Yes, we um, did fight news. One of the first bosses we ever fought was a big old, big old globbly ooze. ooze. Wasn't the hardest fight. <laughs> Wait, uh... Oh, you're talking about the... I was talking about the very first... The, oh, it was no, like a that, big that was thing. like a flesh mound. I was a flesh mound. I was talking okay. about the, uh, the... The abbot. Which you, I don't know, were there? Oh, I wasn't there for that fight. Yeah, I came yeah. very at the very tail end. Like, it was yeah. dead. It was dead already. Yeah. That was an ooze. Okay. It was yeah. technically an ooze, although he was... You know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll go into the... Well, maybe we'll have a boss fight D&D episode. And, oh, like, yeah, no, that's fair. That's a, that's a good episode for sure. Boss yeah. fights are, are certainly way more interesting and flavorful than, uh, than normal fights. Next one I got on my list is another skeleton, this time in red. The Flame Skull, otherwise known as Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> Just looks like Ghost Rider is a yeah. magic card yeah. now. It's, yeah. So this is one red red for a 3-1 flying skull. Flame Skull can't block. But it has its keyword abilities rejuvenation. I wish they kind of had this as an actual. Uh, this looks like a really sweet mechanic if they actually had it as a mechanic. 
This right. is when it dies, exile it. And if you do, exile the top card of your library. So we're used to this. This is called the impulse draw. But then it's going to say, until the end of your next turn, you may play one of those cards. So you can either recast the Flame Skull or cast the card that you had exiled with Flame Skull when it died. You get either one. You can cast. It's so I one love of those. that it has that flexibility. That's so. I. It's like a modal card mixed in with the like impulse draw. Yeah, it's draw. like it's this like oh, cool. you have five or ten lands out or however many lands. You're like this is too many lands. You have a land. You're like oh, I can just play Flame Skull. Yeah, this is a cool card. I, I, it can't block, which is upsetting for things like Commander because you know this is it's tough to attack. It is a flyer, so fine. And you don't They're, care when it dies because you're getting flame skulls. Uh, they have a very low AC. So it fits. Yeah, so it makes sense. And so. they do have rejuvenation. Is like the ability that flame skulls have. Have. Yeah. So after they die, they come back after like an hour or two. Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, they're only dead for so long, and then yeah. they just come back up. So, yep, yeah, I think the card's awesome. It's going to be super fun to play with. Flame skulls. Not not to keep talking about DD. Flame skulls are like the classic gotcha monster for new players, right? Because right. it's like they're like, oh, I killed it. It's dead. Yeah, and then you oh, say like, yep, it's dead. All right, move on, and they have to come back. To the <laughs> like, you see all the flame skulls. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun. one. Gotcha. You talked about how much you love dice rolling, so I have a dice rolling card. Okay, Here's I have favorite. no dice rolling cards, yeah, because I did not love any of the dice rolling stuff. But what do you got for dice I rolling? I have, it's not, again, a good card, necessarily. Yeah, um, that's fair. These are our favorites, not yeah. necessarily This good. is the Wizard's Spellbook. Oh, yeah, five and uh, blue. Man, so it's an uh, <laughs> artifact for five and a blue, two blue, so seven CMC, or seven mana value. Uh, it has tap, exile, target, instant, or sorcery from a graveyard. Roll a like D20. I like that. Yeah, it's it's stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, roll a d20. You can only activate it as a sorcery, which is fine. Yeah, like that too, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, same. Uh, so one through nine. So you roll a d20. If you get one through nine, copy that card. You may cast the copy, which I like that the downside still does something. Because you spent seven mana to do Yeah, that. you spent like, seven mana on this thing. Um. 10 through 19, copy that card. You may cast a copy by paying one rather than its mana cost. Yep. That's pretty good, and that's going to happen slightly over half the time. Uh, but if you roll a nat 20, so if you actually roll a 20, copy each card exiled with Wizard Spellbook. You may cast any number of the copies without paying their mana cost. I, I love this card because it is the hail Maryest of the hail marys this is the thing where you're getting crushed all game and like you only have this thing and you've been rolling like one through nine you're like oh, i can't cast that i can't cast that like oh this one says destroy all artifacts i don't want to but i want to make sure that they don't get it and then you're like well i can stack these instants or sorceries in a way that saves me i'm just gonna i'm gonna die <laughs> next turn if i don't roll <laughs> that 20 and then you roll three and then it doesn't work <laughs> but if you do roll 20 that's super cool yeah, yeah I, I, I like it. I like it's, it for sure. It's way too expensive. Definitely one of the better ones that they designed the rolling around, I would say. Yeah, like it definitely matters. Because, yeah, o- other ones we're talking, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not even joking when I say... You like, gain two life instead of yeah, one. Yeah, gain three life. Gain five life. Wow. For rolling a 20? Are you kidding me? I just yeah. gained, like, 
three more life than I would have if I just rolled a nat one. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but this is one of the ones that I'm just like, I I can feel the stress building. Like, ooh, if I can get this, because there were three extra turn spells in this guy's turn deck, so I'm just gonna go off. Right. And once they're exiled, like you, uh, so you 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 can only cast previous exiled ones with the with the twenty. Yeah. You have to target it target a spell in order to roll a d20 though. Um, right. So if there's no instance of sorcery, right. you can't, and, you, and again, it's as a sorcery only. So yeah. this isn't like a Hail Mary in the sense that like they're attacking to kill you and you can do this. And you can do that, yeah. And it's gotta yeah, be your turn. You need, if there's no instance of sorceries in any graveyard, you will need to cast something and then target it in order to get a roll off. But yep. either way, this is sweet. I'll go into my last creature card that is my favorite creature card of this set. The Frog Hemoth. Yes. <laughs> Three green green for a 4-4 four, four. Trample Haste. That's pretty sweet. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, you exile up to that many target cards from their graveyard. You get a 1-1 one, one counter on him for each creature card. You get a 1 life for each non-creature card. So he is like a combo of like the new Vorinclex with like scavenging ooze. Yeah. It's Which sweet. is sweet. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it is. This is just a sweet game. card. It's a frog horror, okay? I think they miss they missed an opportunity for this to be like a, the second legendary Yargle. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. What if he was a 3-9? That would be awesome. 3-9 <laughs> <laughs> trample haste with this effect, right? Like, what, missing one power might kind of suck, but like, 3-9 is sweet. It won't die, yeah. Yeah, 3-9 would be sweet. And the, yeah, just to be the antithesis to Yargle. Mm-hmm. Froggy, but that would have been sweet. But yeah, no, we got a 4-4 Trample Haste. Don't don't uh, don't sleep on a 4-4 Trample Haste, guys. That's uh, Yeah, and it's going to get bigger. Get there. Yeah. My next card is kind of along the lines of turning things into other things. This is uh, the spell that does that, True Polymorph. Ah, okay. Yeah, which is funny because we mentioned before the set, I mean, we didn't mention it uh, on the podcast, but Polymorph is already a spell. Mass Polymorph is already a spell. It's a spell, yeah. So, like, yeah, I wonder what they're going to do. And they, yeah, they, of course, they they did true Polymorph. And it's a four blue blue for an instant. Uh, Target artifact or creature becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature. And its flavor text is great. I love its flavor text. Yeah. Maybe a little <laughs> too convincing. <laughs> That's the best part of the card is the flavor oh text for gosh, sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this card's so sweet. It, making it an instant to be like, oh, you're attacking with your commander? Well, now it's a treasure token. Or yeah. now, now it's a mana rock, so you can't sacrifice it to get it back. It's definitely the coolest version of this card, because there's definitely stronger versions of this card. Oh, when yeah. you talk about, like, Brutaclads and Sahelis and stuff, there are better versions of this effect, but this is an instant spell that can do it to anything. Oh, my gosh. You just uh, So there's a lot of uses for this that you're not thinking of. You just and... gave the idea where if you have a treasure token in a Brutaclad deck, <laughs> you can now turn... Things into token versions of other things. <laughs> I think I think that's how it works, right? Uh, like if you turn that might a be a little token, too convincing, Eric. That might be a little too convincing <laughs> into a token copy of like your, I don't know, your eccentric apprentice, and now all of a sudden everything is a bird's until the end of the game, or for every combat. 
that you have. Don't you turn. You can it do a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, there's, you can do a lot of stuff. All right. Well, lastly, um, I because I'm selfish, I couldn't just pick another card, so I just put all the class cards. These oh are the coolest God. cards in the whole set. We have to talk about these class cards. We don't have to go over everything all of them do because there's a lot of them. But one of the quintessential things of D and D is having a class. And they printed, is this all of them? This is like all the major ones. This yep, is all, it's all the, the OG 5e ones. ones. Yeah. Well, OG of 5e, right? Yes, yeah. So there's, there's not an artificer. It's right, right. So this is all the OG classes of 5e. The monk, rogue, sorcerers, fighters, bards, clerics, wizards, warlocks, barbarians, druids, paladins, and rangers. These are all, all of them cost two or one mana. Which is pretty big. Right. And they have little, they're, they're a combo of like a saga. They're a level up saga, but they don't ever disappear. They are enchantments, but they are enchantments dash class. So they did add a new type Some to the type. game for your Tarmogoyfs to become well, even this, larger. This is, this is a subtype, so I don't know if it would impact. Oh, well, I mean, they count tribal source. It counts everything's different. Yeah, tri- tribal's on the. Uh, oh, as a, as, a, as, a, as a super type. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, might not. I mean, we can we could look it up. Yeah, you yeah, might be right. Either way, these cards are awesome. Uh, I, I love every single... Because I, I just want to brew around all of these. I mean, they all do something super unique, and they're yeah. all super useful. Their, their level-up abilities go from, like, actually being spells. Like, the Warlock's level-up to level 2 is, is Ransack the Lab, which is, like, look at the top three. One goes to your hand. Rest of the Graveyard. I, so they're just like all super good. They're really they're just good. Sit there. Yeah, they're like the These barbarian one. Even if you're not in a die roll deck, like right, which is its first creatures thing. gain haste. That's pretty good. Right, which which you did you did overspend for. By the time you got yeah. there, you spent six mana to get everything haste. For it, but yeah, but it's... something to be noted with these level up cards is like you didn't just like slam a six drop to give everything haste. Yeah. You like. Oh, I have two extra mana this turn. Bam, level up the Barbarian class. Oh, I need everything to have haste now. Well, now I'll slam my three mana. Everything has haste. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if you're not going to do anything turn one, you can just play the Barbarian class and then be like, yeah. okay, this is out here now. Yep, and no one's going to pay any mind until all of a sudden all your stuff has haste. Right. And you're like, why do you stuff as haste? Well, I'm level three Barbarian. Level three Barbarian, come on. <laughs> I just love these. Yeah, this is so much flavor. This is perfect. This is what I wanted out of the set. For sure. I wish everything came up to this kind of power level, because these cards all do feel rather strong, actually. When you look into these, yeah, they're they're strong. I, everyone's talking about, I think, Paladin class got some of the most clout for Constructed. This taxes your opponents uh, during mm-hmm. your turn. Everything they, they cast costs one more. Their level two is an Anthem, and their level three is like a win effect. This is target creature gets plus one, plus one for each other attacking creature and gets double strike. Yeah. It's pretty strong. Ooh. Yeah, like the ranger one, it's the it's its floor is you get a two two. Yeah. Like the sorcerer two, two for class. Two, so it's a bear right away. Druid class is strong. Its second level is playing an additional land on each of your turns. Yeah. We know how good that is in Commander. They're, they're, these are all they're just sweet. Ones. These are all sweet. So I just I'm in love with all these class cards. Uh, yeah, Every time I, I look at them, I'm like, oh, I wish the rest of the set was like this. Yeah, basically, and and that's that's why I also had them. <laughs> ah, my favorite. So then we can spend a little bit of extra time on them. Yeah, and like 
What which one is your favorite? I think um I mean shout out to the Bard class for competitive too. Legendary creatures you control enter with an extra plus one plus one. Second level legendary spells you cost cast cost red and green less. It only affects the colored mana. Most things don't though. So yeah, you most can play don't. a lot of things for free. And then its last level is whenever you cast a legendary spell, you impulse for two. You can exile top two cards of your library and play them this turn. You can like pretty quickly cycle through your deck with that one. Oh yeah, and you like you can build a pretty strong deck out of Bard class in a life gain deck. The cleric one is just amazing. Yep, yep, yeah. First up for one mana. If you gain life, you gain that much plus one. Is mm-hmm. one mana enchantment just sitting there? Holy oh, crap! And then and then it's level two is the Ajani's Pride. It turns everything into Ajani's Pride mate. Basically, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're just like, And then you get to reanimate something. Reanimate something three. and you gain life. <laughs> it's so good. Man, these cards are great. I love that they're they're going to be stronger than people think, too. These are cards with built-in spells over the course of a game. Yeah, and the, the multicolored ones and, like, the warlock ones, they cost a lot. Or not all the multicolored ones, but, like... They cost a lot at the end, but like that effect is good. Yeah, the you warlock know? does cost a lot. That's seven mana, but it's 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 uh, it's what, a the five mana it, or it's yeah, wound reflection. The six mana yeah. wound reflection. You you have a wound reflection out there that you just over the course of the game though. You also at the end of your end step. Ah, eh, that that first effect's kind of lame, right? It's just at the end of your end step, each opponent loses a life. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And then it's level two is that you drew, which is actually that's that's. Good. Probably the best part about the card. I think you I, just like, play this for three mana and just auto let's level it up. Yeah. One thing to so. note, uh when you gain levels with these, uh I don't believe they're counters on the cards. No, they're not counters. So you can't like no, abuse no it by removing the counter to level back up to level yeah. two. It's not actually yeah, it's a good thing to point out. It's not actually level up where level up had put a level up had counter. counter right. right. So you can't proliferate. Uh, nope, can't proliferate right, right, to cheat on just this good, because they, they, thank they God, actually yeah. done that, and it's just been like, okay, I pay one mana, I proliferate twice. Or yeah, I'm glad they mana. avoided counters here for sure, because that yeah, that would get annoying. And that way, so again, yeah. I think these things are just so well designed. I like a rogue classes level two creatures you control menace. Yep. Again, I've said how I think menace is pretty underrated oh. overall, and just have an enchantment out there, especially when it's like. This. <laughs> Like Especially paired with its first level, which is whenever creature you control deals combat damage, you exile top card of that le- player's library, and what you can just look at it. Oh yeah, you just look at it, but then in level three you can cast it. Level three you can cast it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is when you would want to do that, right? Is at the end of the game, like oh now I've access to all these cards that I've been hitting you guys with. Ah, oh, they're all just so good, man. I'd love these cards. All right, I can just I can just play around with these all day. Anyway, yeah, let's go into our underrated cards. Underrated this is cards. an interesting section. I already had two cards. You did, so I'll just so start burning through mine. Well, you mentioned one of mine, which was you come to a river. Yeah. This oh, of yeah. all the motor motor cards, I honestly looked at this and went like, "Holy crap! These things are bombs in Commander." This is one in a blue instant for returning target non land permanent to its owner's hands. We've mentioned, I think you mentioned this specifically, that bounce effects might as well be removal in Commander. Yeah, sometimes it's just better. Sometimes it's just better. Sometimes it's just stronger to bounce mm-hmm. permanence. The turn cycles are so long, mana is so important, that 
for you to bounce their seven mana bomb might as well have just ruined them for two turn cycles. You might have just time walked them for two mana. Yeah, and everyone knows that that threat is still like, it's not literally on the table, but it's still on the table as far as that. So people are like, hey, while he doesn't have that thing, we should attack him. Right, yeah, and he's going to redeploy that because he has to. It's the biggest threat. Yeah, biggest threat. So so it just like, might as well yeah. be one of the strongest removal things you can do. And then the other effect is just like a win the game. Target creature gets plus one, plus one, can't be blocked? That can just sneakily win you the game really yeah. quick. Uh, hold on. <laughs> that, so that's a bomb yeah. card just to be playing. And any blue deck, I think, could play that card and want there's in, tons in any of opportunities where the person's at seven life and you're just like, I can kill this guy. I just <laughs> need him to not block. Yep. Uh, so, yep. That, I just went with that. Oh, I'll continue moving through. That's right. Um, yeah, you can do the one. Boots I, 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 of Speed. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about putting this one in in some capacity. But Oh, yeah. my God. This is one red mana for artifact equipment. Art Equip creature gets plus one, plus one haste and equip for one. Holy God! Yeah, I, I was gonna pair this with the was it boots of flying? Uh, there's winged boots, but winged that's out of the boots. that's out of the commander. That's out of commander side, right. and that is a stupid strong card too. It actually yeah. supplants. So I also put on my list leather armor, which is another. So equipment in general, guys, it's just really strong. It's just underrated. Just play equipment because it's just doing good stuff. Leather armor is one mana for an equipment that gives plus zero plus one. And ward one for equip zero. Yeah, equip zero. Uh, and I was just curious to know how much work that's going to do. I imagine quite a bit, actually. Now, you can't do the crazy effect of like switching the leather armor around everywhere. It says you can activate its equip cost only once each turn. Yeah, which is okay. Usually, it's what's going to happen is you're going to. Someone's going to kill commander. the thing on it through the ward, and then you can be like, all right, let's go quick it over. I wonder how strong this one. Yeah, I might take this one off. Maybe it won't be that strong. I, I do wonder, though. I would like to play it just to see, hey, did it mess people up enough? Yeah, it, it could. It, it could, could be really important I mean, to have ward one. One to give something plus O plus one or ward two. Like, oh. Right. All right. And then I'll go on to Treasure Vault. Uh, I had another. I had a card on here that has another card that has the word treasure on it. So this card, every set, we've always mentioned this, is you have to go and look at, take a look at the utility lands. Utility lands are always some of the strongest cards out of every set. Uh, Because when lands do stuff busted, it's busted. (laughs) Turns out. Make lands lands. (laughs) Make lands lands again. Make lands lands again. This, This card is probably the most likely to be banned out of any card in this set. I, I agree. Uh, and it's for a specific reason. Uh, it's an artifact land. Yeah. Uh, that comes in untapped. untapped. There are not many of those in Magic. And yeah. the ones that are, are banned, banned in certain formats. Not in Commander. Yeah. Not but are banned in certain proper, formats. Yeah. And, and, and this also has an added ability, which is XX, tap and sack it, create X treasure tokens. Which could end up being really, really strong. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those cards. I imagine like, in your token deck, that oh, might yeah. be really good. This is so good, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is one of those cards that's like you're... It, it might not be busted in Commander, but for Artifact decks, it's, this is an auto-include. But honestly, that's why I think it's an underrated card in Commander. I, I yeah. think the people are yeah, dismissing this as like, oh yeah, that's that for that like one Affinity deck in Modern... 
guess what? This thing put, yeah, you have a huge mana sink at the end of the game, and you can get like 20 tokens, 20 treasures out of nowhere that can help your decks out. Uh, Artifact synergies are still very strong in Commander, and this is an artifact. So, yeah. yeah, I, I didn't think it's put this in my underrated one because I thought it was going to be like it, this is one of those like it's a staple. Which is that? Uh, uh, this treasure vault thing. Oh, okay, yeah, fair. But no, no but you're right that it should be because that. But yeah. like in my brand, I I immediately I didn't even think about it for underrated because I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's underrated. But I think you're absolutely right. All right, I've I've moved through my list quite quickly. Okay, so, so I have another underrated card: treasure chest. Oh, the treasure chest. Now, now this, this would be underrated because I don't think this card's good. But yeah, I, this is one of those ones that I don't think anybody's going to play. But like, uh-huh. maybe you should think about it. Like in certain kinds of situations, like it's not going to be like this should be a staple and no nobody's playing. I it. will say I hate that this is a rare out of the set. Yeah, definitely didn't need to. Um, <laughs> that feels super bad. I think if you are doing stuff that you either like creating treasure tokens if you if you really want the treasure tokens then this i think is a pretty good card uh so it's a three mana artifact i don't know why this is it doesn't have the treasure subtype i think it should just because of for flavor reason uh because it's an artifact that does it um so four mana which is a lot uh sacrifice treasure chest roll d20 out of one it's trapped and you lose three life might as well not not mattering commander uh, two through nine create five treasure tokens. So it nets you one mana after the three you invested for playing it. Uh, Ten through nineteen you gain three life and draw three cards. So that is the well, pretty it's, good. It's like the most likely thing to happen. Barely. Right. Um, Twenty search a library for a card. If it's an artifact, you may put it on the battlefield. Otherwise, put it in your hand and shuffle. So basically, like you're the one in twenty. Just I kind of like ignore that, just because like you have to. They, they, I will say though, even though I agree with you that you could ignore them, it is tough to ignore because I mean, those are possibilities. And paying seven mana to lose three life, it does. Holy so. God! That if that is what you uh, roll, then that does that deserves the net one moniker. Holy <laughs> God! That was a trick. Like, you should not have done that. All right, so maybe I lied before when I said this, this like did probably the rolling the best. Maybe this card did rolling the best is like I think so. Yeah, that one is one. is so punishing. You put seven mana into this and you lost. Three life. Um, did we need it to be four mana to sacrifice this to to do its effect, or could we have yeah. made that a little less? I I suspect they did this. So if you wanted to do things like. There's a lot of things in it in artifact decks is like second artifact, put an artifact from a graveyard on the battlefield. With the create five treasures option, I think that they maybe did that so that's positive. That's a net equal exchange. I mean, I almost like would have been slightly better to me though. Is cost three to sacrifice it so that you know you could do it next turn, so that you don't need the land you don't drop need to the do extra it. land. And then right. make it like four treasures, you know, like okay, yeah, they, you, won't, yeah. you still won't get there. Yeah, I think so. I, mean, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think this card's like bonkers or anything. No, I, it's, it certainly isn't. <laughs> I think, although, like, I do love it's twenty too, though. It's that, twenty is just that's bonkers. The best artifact. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, your best card. And you roll an eleven and you draw three cards. It's just like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. 
Um, and it being an artifact, I put a lot of value on. You did spend, again, seven mana to draw three game, game three. Over the course of the game, but it's kind of like the same thing with the classes, yeah. where it's not like you're paying it all right away. Um, I think if you can... This yeah, really... but in the meantime, those classes give you static effects. This doesn't. Right. I, I think this is only really playable in like an artifact deck where you want artifacts in your graveyard to recur... Right. Or if you just want an artifact for like improvise, eh, if you're just looking for fun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously this isn't this. There's no place in like a CDH deck, but I could totally see just being like, all right, I have four at the end of your turn. I could draw four cards or draw three cards for four mana. Um, yeah, it it's fun. I think it. I think you won't be totally embarrassed by the effects of this card. Fun. I I would love to see it played. Uh, I don't I'm think prob- I would ever play it. Myself, I'm probably gonna put in my treasure food and. That's fair. That's fair. I think it deserves to be in He's there also, for sure. I like what you said, which is it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. As I agree, I 100% agree oh, yeah. it's fun. It is definitely a card I would want to see played. All right, the last underrated one I have, uh it's hard to say these things are underrated, right? Cuz that definitely treasure vault cuz that was a rare. Mine's also a rare. Uh rather strong rare though, I would say. But I don't think I've heard anyone mention this card in any content. The Westgate Regent. Oh, okay. Uh, three black black, four four flying vampire with ward discard a card. So your opponents would have to discard a card in order to... They would have to discard a card to target this thing. And whenever he deals combat damage to a player, put that many 1-1 counters on it. So this thing doubles in power every time he hits someone. It's a flying threat with a harder to target ability on it. And it starts as a four-four flyer. Right. This thing's strong, man. Yes, and this watch out for this, especially in like discard decks. Like if the removal spell is their only card in their hand, then they can't target it, which is kind of nice for like top decking. I have no cards in my hand. Draw the removal spell. Oh no, wait, I can't. I can't do it. I can't I do need it. To no get another card just to target. Right, it's going to take a whole other turn cycle. Right. Yeah, that's important to note. I, I and. I, Maybe that's not as likely. I I don't know if the ward is where I'm sticking to it. Is like that's where it's super strong. I I think it's just the fact that it doubles in power when it hits someone. Yeah. Like I I don't think people recognize how ridiculous that gets on an evasive threat. That that gets out of control so fast. Yeah, and it's it's a little sneaky because if there's other stuff out there it's like okay i hit somebody oh now it's an 8 they're like oh what wait it's gonna be a 16 16 next time yeah oh my i've God. played like the necropolis regent for instance now that is a much better card because it, it does it on any creature that hits it turns mm-hmm. any creature basically into westgate region but i know how strong that is right and, and like because i played with it and i know like hey when my creatures double in power when i hit someone yeah. it's pretty good yeah uh, this, this guy's gonna be flying under and, the radar and va- vampires are a, a strong yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> nice got him nice uh he's also a vampire so you're gonna see it in vampire okay. decks and yep. uh, so it will show up i think when people catch on like it's a vampire and they like flock to yeah the that it's a vampire well i I think the discard card is important because it also automates yeah. it automatically makes it a two for one in your favor whenever they try to. Target yeah, it. whenever someone tries to kill it, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, I, I think even that part's probably underrated. Yeah, like that in I and mean, of itself. It's gonna there's gonna be times when someone is like, I really want to play this enchantment, but 
but I have my removal spell. This thing's gonna become and a sixteen. I have 16. to kill it. I have yeah. to discard this super awesome enchantment. That's so true. I, so it, it's just strong. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think people are gonna over overvalue the times when it's like I I, I have ten lands in hand. I'm gonna discard this other land to kill it. It's like well, they yep. were gonna kill it anyway. Yeah. Now they discarded the land, whatever. But there's gonna be a lot of times when it's like. I have no other cards in my hand. I literally, it has hex. I, I, ha- I had to use up two of my cards to yeah. get this Absolutely. Um, I actually, I, I have two more because we kind yeah. of talked about the other ones. Um, this is, it's, this is an underrated card. I think more classically underrated because it, people might think it's, it's very good. Uh, this is long rest. Oh yeah. So this is X green, green, green. And you'd return X target cards with different mana values from your graveyard to your hand. If eight or more uh, were returned this way, then your life total becomes your starting life total exile long rest. Um, yep. Very flavorful. Uh, yes. This sure. six mana draw three of your best cards that you played last turn. That That's like at the end of the game, you will overpay to draw to the, get your the good cards stuff. You want. I agree. I always like these effects and I've always said, honestly, I think I nailed it with my underrated on that healing technique, if you remember from back in the Strixhaven thing. Every time I've cast that card, it's felt bonkers good. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. absolutely disgustingly good. Those These kinds of recursion effects in green are just like, oh, these are good. <laughs> like, Yeah, the, yeah. The like, it turns playing. out getting your stuff back in the game, really strong. <laughs> yeah, it, I think there's this, like misconception where like iv wit in my deck that's that's the card to play when it's like <laughs> i'd almost rather have regrowth in my deck than eternal witness unless it's like a creature or elf or flicker deck right a lot of a lot of the communities moved on to battle recovery too because it it's, it's a land, land. As well. yeah exactly yeah. but yeah this is one of those cards it's like they're different mana values so you get like maybe a land was destroyed or milled over then you just right. How does it compare to like seasons past, which at six mana can get as many as you have different? I think seasons past is way better. But way better. Um, I would agree because also like think though about though I mean, maybe in a commander game you could feasibly get to the eight or more cards, yeah. and then resetting your life total that would be bonkers. That would that that part's really good, and you could build your deck around it as yeah. well where you're like okay normally this effect costs five mana but i'm gonna find one that costs six or something yeah um so yeah in i like how many cards do you really get back with seasons past i wonder like if it's 10 then it's yeah I would, say, I would say on average well i'd say just at six mana i would say on average you're getting six cards back right, probably yeah. And like, yeah, this for six mana, you're only yeah, three. you're only getting three, but like one of them might be a land in seasons past, which doesn't matter a whole. I don't know, but I, I think this card you're gonna play and you'll be like, oh no, this this drew me like three or four really good cards. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree is, though; it's probably underrated, and I would like to see that thing cast for the eight or more cards. Oh yeah, just be like, and, my end up resetting your total. Yeah, that'd be so crazy, nuts, and fun, fun for for the card yeah and like, if then? you play a life gain deck i'm assuming this triggers life gain because life gain triggers are bs and they do that sort of stuff oh yeah they gotta change that rule they gotta change that rule. yeah so my last card is guardian of faith it is a one white white for a spirit knight uh, that's a three two with flash and vigilance and has this ability uh when guardian of faith enters the battlefield any number 
uh, of other target creatures you control phase out. Um, yeah, so I love these kinds of effects because it saves uh, your board from well, mass board wipes is one thing, but most importantly, uh, Cyclonic Rift. Rift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, I cast Psych Rift. Oh, I'm going to cast Guardian of Faith. I get my Guardian of Faith back and all my creatures. That's sick. I love, yeah, I love playing this card into Psych Rift. Like, yeah. oh, God, you really got him. You just <laughs> got him. And this is kind of like a hopefully cheaper Teferi's Protection. Uh, but it, it'll act functionally identically to, to various protection. Sure. Hey, it only does creatures, right? Because Psychrift, right. the bonkers thing about it is that it gets everything. It gets and all your artifacts. It gets your enchantments. Yeah. Skunks you. But yeah, this is a really cool card. I, I love these things. These are some interesting effects. Yeah. And, and also, just as, it's a good thing to point out, I think, that phasing, since it's kind of a new like recent mechanic it's it's ancient <laughs> they're bringing like, it back yeah they're, they're bringing, bringing it back because they realized it might actually be healthy for yeah them. yeah it's like the game turns out balance effects are just like yeah great because they're usually <laughs> at instant speed they like um, tried to shy away from it because they were saying like phasing's way too complicated for the game and then everyone's like it's not that complicated <laughs> like, have you seen our game <laughs> really really isn't that yeah. complicated guys we have like it a, doesn't exist and then it exists yeah yeah, you actually it actually makes things less complicated. You don't have to deal with the stack or anything. It's just that they're there, they're not. They're there, they're not. There's just no like, stack. There's nothing. Just put your uh, put a second like playmat over your board. Phasing is you take it off and you're up to it. Um, but yeah, phasing means that like your creatures aren't summoning sick when they come in, so they can attack right away after they phase in. That's like that's the main difference gotcha. between phasing and blinking. Um, Love it. I agree with him. I. Don't know that he's underrated, but yeah, I, I, it's kind of funny because I wanted to pick cards that like I didn't think people would think are super strong, and I was like Guardians of Faith, like people are gonna think this is strong. Yeah, I think so, right? I, I think people know that, like, oh damn, preventing board wipes. Everyone likes preventing their own board wipes. It's uh, yep, pretty good. All right, well, moving on to our last final two categories of the night, we have our okay. best art and our best flavor. What are your nominees for best art? Um, so and the nominees are <laughs> the nominees are all the basic lands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will comment. I hate the basic lands, right? So I but like not, them, but not the art on them. You don't like the yeah, right? The, the art is gorgeous. I love the art, and I don't know what it is because it just, I get what they were going for. They 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 wrote a paragraph on the bottom. Um, which was trying to talk about the area, like, you know, because it was a, a dungeons thing. So they're like, yeah. "This is the area you're in." You, you know, they have to describe it to you. It's it's. And much, I just hate the way it looks. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of described like a DM describing, like one of them says, "As your ship right. clears the edge of Water Deep Harbor, you notice uh, pirate sails on the horizon." Uh, well, and I imagine so. These are read to you, I think, as like as you rolled for perception. Like the DM said, like roll for perception, and then I like roll because then there's like an island that says like after careful study, you've determined that the giant yeah. ruins. Are, like it tells you what you've determined. So like exactly, clearly you rolled for like I want to see what's here. Uh, so I get, I totally get it. I get it. And but the art is gorgeous, and I just hate the way it looks. It's, I can't it's, stand it. It's like an uncanny valley situation, I think, where it's like it looks. It just looks different enough from other basic lands where you're just like, why do we have to think about what a basic land does? Right. I Right. I'm just like, oh, I can't stand it. My eyes, like one of my favorite basic land cycles ever is like the Beyond Theros ones. 
which are like the mm-hmm. gorgeous constellations yeah. of like I'm in love with those. They look beautiful to me. And now I'm seeing these and I'm like, oh my eyes, avert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love these as full arts. I agree. The art, the art is the yeah. art is wonderful. I love the art on these. I just I can't stand the way the italics look on the basic lands. On the basic uh, ones. Um I have two others. All right. What's your uh, art? The other this is like the this is like the real answer, like just the basic set um art <laughs> is uh shoot, what was it called? It was uh, Eyes of the Beholder. Ooh, yeah, okay, with the laser beams coming out of the the face. Massive laser beams coming out of this beholder's face. And it's just like, (laughs) oh, it looks like looks like a comic book panel that is like painted slightly different for impact purposes. Right. (laughs) Oh, it just looks so cool. So that's my favorite like real answer. What why? What's the fake answer? Oh, like the lands and stuff. I don't know. Oh, okay. So I had I had to split mine up into two categories too, because I honestly think it's unfair to include these borderless cards because they look just oh, yeah, I, I just, They look so it, good. They look so like, good. And like Zariel's Archduke. Oh. oh my gosh. She's like on like all of her bodies in it's flames. So metal. Like insane. this is what this is what metal is. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, Imareth Desert Dooms borderless with like this dragon flying over desert with Thunderbolt. Like, I'm just like, what the? Why do all magic cards look like this? They look just unreal good. How do you feel about these? I had to separate those out. How do you feel about these like book cover ones? Uh, I'm glad there's not that many of them. (laughs) They don't look like magic cards, which is the reason why I like them. But like, Man, they if, do not look like magic cards. I'd say my favorite of them is the high hive of the eye tyrant. I think looks hilarious. That one is great. Um, so I do like that one. I, I think overall, I'm just again, I'm glad there's not a lot of them because <laughs> holy god, yeah, they're they're not magic cards, are they? Like, I would be surprised if someone showed up at the table and just had these cards. They'd be like, oh, what the I'm definitely gonna buy some of them. <laughs> just because, well, I love like. Well, I will say, I think the treasure vault looks better than. Treasure Vault Space. Mm-hmm. Like that art on Treasure Vault looks awesome. <laughs> looks so good. I love this Evolving looks... Wilds too. Yeah, so I I do want the Treasure Vault one. Um yeah, and also the Hall of Storm Giants looks pretty sweet. But yeah, uh, it was it wasn't fair to include like Zariel because I was like, well that's the answer. Yeah, I agree, but... I agree. So <laughs> uh of of the uh set proper where did I have it? It was some kind of fireball. It just looked amazing. It's not uh, like a meteor swarm. No, no, no. So it's literally called like someone's fire. Faraday's fireball. Ooh. It's like a picture of Vecna, like holding up a giant fireball, and it's got oh, like it's just these beams bomb. of light going everywhere. Yeah. It looks sweet. It's not that good of a card. It's terrible. It's just it just looks amazing. It just I mean, you can tell sweet. that it's Vecna. I like that. There's like or is it flavor within the set. Yeah, Faraday's fireball. Yeah. Yeah, that so that, that's what I'm, I'm voting for that. Oh, and um, Kalein Reclusive Painter. Oh, yeah, that one is sweet. Um, yeah, I just love it's It's kind of a copy on Blood Artist, but it's a way. It's like the way Blood Artist should have been. I just love it. It's like a dark room. You see the light coming through, mm-hmm. and it looks like she has an amazing painting of a Displacer Beast on her thing. So yeah. give, give that one credit there. Uh, all right, now we're on to the last category, Best Flavor win. Oh my gosh. I have I have three cards that yeah, you gotta I, pull out. I love. One is not because of the card, it's the flavor text. 
Okay. What's the I, yeah. what I am got? obsessed with. It's Lurking Roper. Uh, oh, I know. Yep, I know what Ropers are. So, and in D and D, Ropers are these things that traditionally hide as like, uh, like stone fixtures and caves. Right. So the the flavor text is: You see, stalactites grow down from the ceiling, and stalagmites reach. Ah! <laughs> yep it got him <laughs> they got him. uh my second favorite card is minimus containment yeah we we're just talking about that one that's a yeah. cool card it's an enchantment that it's o-rings but it turns it into a treasure <laughs> which is actually pretty interesting because it's like hmm i want to get this thing back or I could use it as mana because then when you sacrifice the thing, then you can't destroy the enchantment to get the thing back. Yeah, it's a good card. And of course, my favorite by far, the flavor is 50 feet of rope. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah, it's got so much text on it. Yeah, so it's a one I wish it was more relevant. I kind of laughing that like it's 50 feet of rope and then there's no walls in the set. Yep. Yeah. Which is like, it's it's like totally relevant abilities. Like it can come in and tap to target a wall. Can't block uh-huh. There's no walls. There's no There's not a single wall in the set. Why wouldn't they print a wall in the set? And it kind of they could have. It's so funny because like everyone gets fifty feet of rope to start out with D and D, and like it matters like a couple times, <laughs> and it's always like I have rope, and then the DM's like, okay, or like that's it. <laughs> Usually, no one's like, ooh, well, it's a sixty foot cavern, so you need to tie two ropes. It's just, I don't know, fifty feet of rope. It's it's perfect that it's not good <laughs> because fifty feet of rope is also not good. Because like usually at the higher level, people are just like, well, I cast fly in myself, and three other people will fly down. All right. Well, I will pitch to you my flavor win because I honestly, I don't even know. Like maybe they were this highbrow and thought of all of this, but honestly, when I started delving into this card. I went like three or four layers deep and I was like, this is genius. This is just perfect. This is the triumphant adventurer. First thing I note about this, it's a white and a black and it's mana cost. To me, that means it could either be a good character or a bad character. The character, or they're just chaos. Uh-huh. Almost all of us play a character that's chaos based. We'll do whatever we feel like doing. And Orzhov is like traditionally the, the guild associated with like wanting money. Right. And we're always so greedy as characters yep. in every D and D campaign. I challenge you to find one. That's look, not some way. Greedy. I just pointed at that art. Like you can see me. I was like, I'd look at the art too. He's, yeah, just, carrying, he's just carrying away treasure chests yeah. everywhere from a dungeon that they just went into. Mm-hmm. Now here's where it gets super awesome. He is a one one with that touch. And as long as it's your turn, He has first strike. Now, I love this because this means that on your turn in combat, you're never going to lose that combat. Yeah. I think that's hilariously poetic and perfect for D&D. We're like, yeah, when I'm swinging the hammer, I'm wrecking shit. There's no way I'm going to, like, die, really, when I'm I'm (laughs) attacking. Yeah. And yet he's a 1-1. So he's so vulnerable. (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing. It's I just love that. Guy. Yeah. And then whenever he attacks, you're venturing into the dungeon. I they just like nailed it on all fronts. Oh like, yeah, and he's so like, he's, like he's gonna get into that dungeon. Yeah, like, he's getting in the dungeon. Once he's in that, dungeon, every time he attacks, he keeps going because every time he attacks, he's always un- he's, he's clearing. He's attacking, clearing the room, oh, so we can God. get into the next perfect. area. It's perfect. Yeah. So a triumphant adventurer, spot on. 
yeah spot spot on for flavor yeah i didn't i didn't even really think about this card but oh you are so yeah it right. is it, it flies under the radar for sure of like I, like, that is the best art I mean, yeah. or best flavor. Like he, wow, he goes in, clears the room, is. and then yeah, <laughs> and then the way you said about white and black—that's awesome. Yep, it's perfect. So I just saw that one and was like, oh my god, that's a flavor, oh, per- yeah. perfection of flavor. There. Do you have a where's a call out for? Give one call out for a bad flavor, like miss the mark. Uh, um, there's oh, plenty of it yes. here. There is there is definitely one card which I'm just like you could have just done this right. And I would it was would have been great. Um, it's a white. Is it uh, an instant or? Oh yeah, it's a divine smite. One in a white. Target creature planeswalker and opponent controls phases out. Uh, if the permanent is black, exile it instead. Um, the I get the black divine smite deals extra damage to undead thing, but mm-hmm. it it like it phases out. That's banishing smite. That's <laughs> literally a thing that Paladins like they could have just renamed it. Did they could have said exact same effect. They could have said banishing smite. Yeah, and it's like, and then if it's black, like do more. I don't know. Like banish, and you can do banishing smite on top of divine smite. So it still is just like it's still flavorfully well if you do banishing smite. I'm just like oh, it phases out. Like you literally can banish somebody in D D. Like send them <laughs> like you phase them out. That's what phasing is. Right, right, and right. Yeah. They There's just plenty of times thing. they go to the different dimension, right? Yeah. So that was my that's my like one thing where it's just like they they so obviously know what D D is based on all the modal flavor cards. And just like someone just dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> and I've said this before, I kind of have to call out magic missile I just think they just missed it by a little bit. So it's it's the three mana, and and I and that's fine. That, that that's meaningless as far as flavor goes, and it does deal three damage divided as you choose between one, two, or three targets. So far, so good. That was right. all fine. The big thing about Magic Missile is it's a known spell for never missing. Yeah, their way of going about that was saying it can't be countered. Yeah, and I like imagine. I just if, flavorfully, I thought that that was not the correct version of it can't miss. Yeah, like this should say like this can target things with a shroud and hexproof or something. Yeah, uh, they, yeah right. That or I, I just said, like, yeah, the damage can't be prevented. Damage can't be prevented. Yeah, because that, that's a very common statement in Magic. Like the damage can't be prevented. Right. Like this specific, thing, we're only talking about three damage, and that's classically what we, we're good for. Because uh, this spell can be countered. Now, mm-hmm. not often is because you're not usually facing right, too yeah. many sorcerers against you, but uh, but it can be countered very easily. Yeah, someone counts counter spell. It, like it countered. definitely can be countered. Yeah, it's just so like, I just yeah. thought I was just like, oh my god, like so close, <laughs> so close. Why? Like, I don't know. Would this be it's a sorcery too. So would it be that weird to say can't be countered, can't be prevented? And yeah, yeah, sure. Things. Yeah, like, could could they tack it on? It's cost three mana for God's sake. Three sakes. mana for We're sorcery like, that can max do three damage. Three damage. No way. This Separate is separate instance. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. We're, oh man. So yeah, I just thought like yeah, I think you could have tacked it on. Right. You don't even have to remove the counter thing. Just tack yeah. on. Can't be prevented. And uh, maybe that made it could make it actually playable. Right. Like, it kind of looks like they designed this card to, like, no one's going to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unplayable. <laughs> yeah, and it's uncommon, too. <laughs> it's like, uh, come on, guys. 
Like, obviously, play them in limited. Any card that d- does damage is playable in limited. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, all right. That was all our set review of the Forgotten Realms. Nice. Uh, where are we headed next podcast? Well, next podcast, we are doing the, uh, returning to the character creation series. We're doing the road. I think it's fitting, you know, being uh, Dungeons and Dragons magic set. This is like the person that's like picking all the locks and being sneaky and stuff. Yeah, I think Rogue's a very popular choice, especially for new players. Yeah. Yeah, people always want to play like the They always want to play the rogue. So I I, I think this is definitely one to focus on early on. uh, Mm -hmm. To get out of the way. Um, Yeah. They're 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 pretty typical characters for sure. I, there's yeah. not many ways people build rogues, unfortunately. But maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll build. We'll build some fascinating we'll build some stuff. See, see what we can do. What about next time we get back to Magic the Gather Round? Well, if you thought we were done with Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, you were no. wrong. <laughs> Whoa, we're uh, never done. <laughs> please help us. Uh, <laughs> Stop printing sets. Oh my god. Uh, so the uh, accompanying this set was also four commanders deck so we're might split this up into two episodes do you think they want money or do they want money i think they want money i'll give them a treasure chest it's good you can get five treasures out of that chest (laughs) (laughs) but wizards crit failed (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah that's uh what we have planned coming up awesome awesome all right, and hopefully we'll get some. Uh, we're we are starting to talk about getting guests on our podcast. Yeah, to all you listeners true. out there, uh, we'll eventually get to that. We'll see if you enjoy hearing some other people talk about uh, what what they enjoy in in the magic and D anD D worlds. Uh, where can they reach out to us if if they want to be on the podcast? I don't know. We'll entertain that. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, it's at Dragon Party Pod or. Uh... Our email is dragonpartypodcast at gmail.com. And and certainly, especially after this one, do let us know if you like the review this way. This is how we're going to continue doing it, I guess. Yeah. It's it's running smoothly enough. It's a little more conversational, and I kind of like it that way. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not going over every card in the set. And thank God, because, oh my God, <laughs> there's, just, there's just too much. Yeah. So we can't and do it. Most of them aren't playable in Commander anyway. <laughs> nope. So... Yeah, and, let, uh, and what do you think about the uh, whole breacher banning? Do you not oh, care yeah. about it because it was Let worth like forty dollars? Cared about the bannings because how much was it worth? I don't know. It was like thirty or forty bucks anyway. Sure, I'm sure it was. Yeah, that, that is the biggest upsetting part about bannings, right? It's like, oh, I spent thirty dollars for this. That sucks, sir. <laughs> Luckily, in Commander, not as big a deal. You spent thirty dollars. Imagine someone in Modern who got theirs banned, and that oh, also costed thirty dollars a piece, and they had four of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it hurts a lot more, so don't sweat the bands in this format. That's, true. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. With that, let's go back to partying, let's man. Go I'm going to party. Partying. I'm going to party. And all you listeners out there, party on. Party on.